You're listening to Sound the Foghorn, the Minnesota Wild podcast made by fans for fans. For Kaprizov, back to Zuccarello, back to Kaprizov, he scores! Covering team news, prospect analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, advanced stats, and much more. Back to Kaprizov, he scores! And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki. Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, Justin Baki here with you. It is Wednesday, July 20th doing what we hope will be an annual, perhaps semi-annual show with our good friends over at the Soda Pod. We do have with us today a whole cast and crew. Um, In addition to the three of us, we also have State of Hoppy. We have future Minnesotan Isha, as well as the infamous gift master and prospect expert, Spoked Z. With us here today to discuss the Minnesota Wild prospect pool, which in case you've been under a rock and haven't been on Twitter this week, was recently uh, ranked as the number one prospect pool by our friend Byron Bader over at Hockey Prospecting. So a pretty timely uh, time to have this episode. But as we always do, we'll check in with the whole crew, see how everyone's doing. We'll start with the Sound the Foghorn crew. Zeke, I know uh, some outside of hockey stuff had you uh, pretty hyped up today on Twitter. How's it going overall, though? Yeah, no, uh, doing uh, very good. Not much today. Like you said, uh, the... uh New trailer for the uh, Thrones prequel came out today, so I was pretty pumped about that, obviously, like you mentioned. But, uh, yeah, no, other than that, uh, doing really good. And, Justin, you got the kids on your own tonight, so I bet it's been a crazy night. How are things going over yeah, there? Yeah, it's been a little hectic, but they got new bikes, so uh, a couple of them fell asleep pretty quickly. <laughs> the third one was a little frustrating, but, uh, no, it's good. The wife should be home soon, and, uh, yeah, it's just dad life. <laughs> Perfect. Glad to hear it. Hoppy, we'll go to you next. I think you get precedent just by the simple fact that you have Marco Rossi behind you, who I'm sure we will talk about tonight. Dude, at what some the point. fuck? I have Caprizov on my table. Anyway, sorry. He's not a prospect. This is a prospect show. <laughs> I don't have kids, so things are great right now. Um, <laughs> drinking a beer, no responsibility. It's pretty good. All right, good to hear. And Z, what about you, man? You know, just living the dream. Also, don't have kids. Uh, wait, so are they just like ripping the bikes right now? Like by themselves. Yeah, like they're outside. Uh, my three-year-old yeah, and five-year-old jumps. Ride bikes. My fun. my one-year-old's riding his little fire truck. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all I got going on. Just Perfect. sitting here drinking beers and uh, talking about hockey. Thank you for having me. And uh, that's it for me. See you. Perfect. And Isha, how about you, man? Brett, I'm so pumped. Hey, I before I forget. Um, I had a beer yesterday that I think is right Whoa. up your alley. It, it was not. I'm it was intrigued. not necessarily. Put it this way, I, I wouldn't buy it again, but I I thought I was gonna hate it, and I was like, "Fuck!" Actually, pleasantly, surprised. I'm enjoying this. Russell Brewing, shout out, you know, British Columbia, Canada, Pina Colada Milkshake IPA. Jesus Christ, it's Sorry. it's damn good. You know, Hoppy would probably like it too, but you know, I know like Brett, you I like don't the think sweet. I would. No, <laughs> it I sounds think, like a lot I, going I would, on there. It sounds like a lot going on. I thought it'd be too much, but it's like it's a a hint of everything, a good balance, and it's more like. I don't know, sweeter than anything. Anyways, I thought of you, sir. So, like, you know, soda pod, sound the fog run crossover. I thought it. Like, there it is. 
So well, that's uh, a great anyway. transition. Uh, so let's get into what this show is going to be. So we brought the guys in from the Soda Pod. If you haven't ever tuned into Judd's Buds, um, would highly recommend doing so. Z every week goes through the Wild Prospect, gives some update, answers questions. Of course, the Soda Pod has their other weekly shows as well with Hoppy and Isha covering the Wild, covering craft beer, all that good stuff. So we figured between our two shows, we did this fun little collaboration here. We'll go through our top 20 prospects. Um, and how we did this is we each ranked um, our top 25 prospects. I consolidated that list into a power ranking based on the median rank of each player, ranked them all 1 to 20, and we'll go through, talk about each player, what we like about them, where we see their ceiling, maybe how far out we think they are, different things like that just to kind of prime everyone as we head into the slower part of the offseason. We'll send you off with a bang, um, getting you hyped for the future of this team as we head in to – 2022-2023, which sounds crazy to say uh, at this point, or as we better know as Wild fans, Cap Hell um, is where we are entering now. So uh, all that said, we're going to jump right into things. Uh, so first off, uh, we are going to talk about prospect number 20, uh, who is Vladislav first off. And Isha, we'll go to you first here. You love this guy. Um, name pun maybe factoring in here a little bit, but you had him yeah, overall, so, serious or well, not, as your number one prospect. Well, I mean, uh, tongue-in-cheek a little bit, but hey, and I said this before we started recording, I was disappointed in the whole Soda Pod team that no one, you know, that no one decided to to, to say that, bef- you know, until me. Second. Um, Second off. <laughs> Second off, uh, no, I'm look. I'm not putting him at number one. I just thought it was hilarious. And by the way, to everybody who's listening to Sound the Foghorn, I had to explain it to the boys here. They didn't. They didn't catch it right off the bat. So, anyways, just just wanted to so let that out there. But no, I mean, I didn't have as good of a season as I'd hoped he would have coming off. You know, his his first two seasons playing at the University of Connecticut. Um, basically, I I know a player who plays there as well. Um, Carter Turnbull and like he's a cat I think he's like an assistant captain or something on the team he's part of the leadership core and he just had nothing but good things to say about him and then I connected with one of his coaches on Twitter who was just like saying that this guy was unreal as well so I watched him and I was like okay he's pretty good you know in his first and, and second season you know didn't perform as well as I'd hope this year as and as well as the wild hoped I'm sure um still really high on him overall hopefully he can you know get into the system and you know maybe crack the wilds roster in a you know maybe even bottom six role down the line but hey I still just thought the pun was too good not to put him at number one so maybe I like maybe I rose him to 20 when he was maybe a little lower on your guys's ranking but hey I'll uh, I'll defend my pick there He squeaks in, um, but pretty close across the board. Uh, I had him at 21, Zeke at 23, Justin at 19, Hoppy at 18, Z at 24. So we're all kind of right in that, right in that kind of that bubbled tier of of 20. Um, Let's go to a sound the foghorn guy next. Uh, Justin, you were the highest of the three on him. uh, So we'll let you give just a couple thoughts here quickly on first off. Uh, I mean, I felt like he had a good start to the season at UConn, went quiet at times. I mean, he still can play all three zones pretty well. Um, I mean, we'll see him in Iowa next year, and hopefully he can take a jump developmentally. I felt like developmentally he didn't take as much of a jump as I wanted at UConn, but, uh, you know, I feel like he still has potential and, and maybe, like Isha said, like a bottom six type role in the future, hopefully. 
Yeah, and I think that's kind of where I'm at. It seems like kind of the consensus of where scouts are at. He just didn't quite take that next step maybe that we'd hoped, didn't find that next gear. There's a lot of good skills there, not necessarily thinking he has great, not one attribute that really sticks out. Um, to me, it kind of screams like, you know, really good AHL top six player, maybe a tweener when you need a guy in a pinch. Um, but to have someone that still has NHL potential come in at 20 on the list, not a bad situation to be in. Uh, so let's move up here next on the list to number pick number 19, not pick number 19, still in draft mode, uh, ranked at number 19, a new draft pick, sixth round this year, um, cracking the top 20, just showing you the magic of Judd Brackett, and that is Servak Petrovsky. Comes in across the board, 18 for me, 18 for Zeke, 17 for Justin, 17 for Z, 24 for Hoppy, and unranked by Isha. So, again, pretty consensus across the most of us here. Uh, Z, we'll go over to you first. What do you like about Servak Petrovsky aside from just an unreal name? Yeah, I mean, just a fantastic name. Um, no, but this is a kid that should have gone way, way higher than 185. Um, a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he's a center and he's 5'10", and there aren't a ton of those in the National Hockey League that find, you know, a long career. But one of the youngest, you know, one of the youngest kids, yeah, too, one of the right? youngest yeah. kids in the draft. He's in August '04, um, but he's really just a well-rounded player. He skates well, he moves well. His hockey sense is really good. You know, one of the things that stands out is just positionally, he's always in a chance, or he's always in the spot where you know the puck just happens to find a stick, and his shot is absurd. It's on and off his stick and half a second and it is accurate and it's hard um but i think the way the way he plays just a well-rounded guy so you know i know i know a lot of people who had him right around 100 and you get him at 185 but um to me this is a kid that you know whether he's playing center whether he's playing wing he probably projects as a middle to bottom six guy but um you know there's a there's relative playmaking with him he's on the puck a lot and um, I just think he's a really smart player, but I think he can be effective mid to bottom six guy with, um, you know, that chips in offensively. So just another really good pick. And he kind of fits the mold of guys that move well, play well in transition, um, like having the puck on their stick. And that's kind of what Judd Brackett and company, they've been drafting lately. So just a really well-rounded player that can be effective offensively, defensively, no matter what role he's in. So, um, you know, this is a kid that who knows? Like, is he going to be a top six guy? No, but he could be a really effective third liner if he if everything goes right in his development. Um, but yeah, I just I love that pick at what, especially at one eighty five. I mean, yeah. I don't know how I don't know how he just Judd Brackett just continues to do this. Like, it's just crazy how he just finds value everywhere in the draft. But um, again, we talked about this before too with the Wild. Like, everyone wants centers. They want centers. They want centers. Just keep adding to the pool. And um, again, you just found another one really good value and um but yeah I, I love that pick um so i love petrovsky just a good dude love him for sure zeke you didn't get a chance to speak on first off so we'll give you a chance yeah. if you have anything on petrovsky here well not much more to add to that obviously other than just you know the fact that like you guys mentioned being one of the youngest players in the draft you know that really uh, allows a lot of room to grow you know physically you know, as Z said, he's not very big and just as his game wise. So I think that's probably the most exciting thing about that is, is, you know, the skills he already has combined with, you know, the fact that uh, he's still a very young player. So if you give him two or three years, you know, could have a player there for sure. Yeah, definitely no reason to rush him. Uh, Hoppy, anything you want to add? The lowest of those of us that ranked him, um, any, anything you want to add or maybe your, your hesitancy at all with Petrovsky or just haven't seen enough of him yet considering we drafted him like two weeks ago. <laughs> I was going to say, if we're going to call a spade a spade, like beyond 13, <laughs> my rankings are suspect. Like through 13, yeah. I'm pretty confident yep. with what I did past that. Like 
I know who the players are. I know like some tidbits about them, but like Z's ranking should trump mine in every way. So <laughs> yeah, suck on that. All right. Um, <laughs> Until we get to the top thirteen, for sure. All right, we'll move up next here to number eighteen. Another player draft. We actually have a series of players drafted this year, kind of in this range, which speaks to the draft that they had. Uh, the next one is Mikey Milne. I've been. I think I've heard it's not Milne. It's Milne. Um, Thank you. So we go from nearly a you know the, one of the youngest players in the draft to one of the oldest players in the draft this year. Um, and Mikey Milne, uh, believe played for the Winnipeg Ice alongside Carson Lambos, left winger. Um, a guy that to me just screams like a Connor Dewar 2.0 with maybe a little bit more offensive upside. Um, Zeke, you liked him a lot. You had him high in your list, 14. Um, I had him at 16, Justin at 25, Z um, at 18, um, and then unranked by both Isha and Hoppy. So I'll let anyone kind of jump in here. Um, is kind of what we'll probably do from here on out, and just whoever has some strong opinions, we'll work our way up this list and continue to talk about these guys. So the floor is open for whoever wants to talk about Milne. I'll just say real quick, Isha must really hate him to have not picked him when he's from British Columbia. (laughs) And played in the dub. He's from Abbotsford, no less. Played in the dub from British Columbia, which is why I didn't pick him. He's clearly a scrub. But Isha, (laughs) why, why didn't you like him? It's it's not that I like him or no like him. I just like haven't seen him enough. And you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Didn't really have enough to give an opinion. So I was like, yeah. and and I only gave Brett twenty, by the way. So that's, that's true. He did. <laughs> but I had the tiebreakers yeah. needed. I needed, so I didn't push him for the extra ones. Yeah, I was late. So there you go. <laughs> no worries at all. Well, I guess I'll jump in. Uh, I watched a lot of Mikey Milne this year just because he's playing in Winnipeg. Now, like, you know, you look at the production, I think it was like 80, 85 points, something like that, right right. around 70 games. Um, And that obviously jumps off the page. This, I mean, first of all, this kid should have got drafted like last year, probably fourth, fifth round. Um, Again, small, so whatever. Um, Is he 19Z? Is that like... Did he play? Did he play as a nineteen-year-old this year or eighteen? He's an O two. I think he's a September birthday. So, oh, okay. um, yes, shit, right? That's how the math. Yeah, works. yeah, yeah. So eighteen this year. Okay. I was like, I don't fucking know. Uh, and there's the first swear. There it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now you have to take the points though this year with a little bit of great assault, just because everybody on Winnipeg was putting up crazy points, but. Um, you know, you said Connor Dewar 2.0. He's got a little bit more skill. There's definitely more offensive upside. And, you know, you see him in the defensive zone. He is a pain in the ass. But his motor just doesn't stop. This is a, I don't think I've ever seen him stand still in his life. Uh, but he's just a really, again, just another really smart hockey player. Moves well enough. Um, and, you know, he's not necessarily a playmaker or a play driver. But, again, just with his positioning, where he is in the offensive zone and his knack to just find soft ice, quiet ice, put himself in good positions to score, he's really good. And he's got crazy hands. He's got crazy skill. Um, and the shot's decent, too. So just another kid that whether, you know, if he goes to the NHL and he gets thrown into a fourth-line role or a third-line role, he can chip in offensively. But that defense is probably what's going to make him a full-time NHL player if he gets there. Um, but he's just a really fun player. I don't think he ever stops chirping either. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, I've seen him carry the puck up the ice, and while he's the puck's on his stick, he's just chirping the other team's bench. And I'm just like, this kid rocks. That's he awesome. also scored the funniest goal this year in the WHO, where like he scores and ran Sebastian Kosa, started a brawl, 
and just like kind of backed out while everyone else is fighting. He just kind of like skated <laughs> off to the bench and they counted the goal. I was like, this kid rocks. So the second that they drafted, I was like, this is what this might be my favorite pick of the draft. But again, this kid should have got drafted last year. It was crazy that he didn't. Again, it's a size thing. Um, but you know, this he just screams bottom six pain in the ass board that can chip in offensively. So another good pick, even if it's a little bit high for an overager. Uh, Mikey Mills definitely a kid you take a take a swing on and bet on for sure. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit more about a couple other guys that they drafted um, this year and then in past years. But like to me, it seems like there's a lot of these can definitely play a bottom six type role. Um, and we'll see when these guys are ready or not. I think Milne has potential, being he is an overager, to be ready sooner rather than later. But any contributions they can get to fill out those with rookie contracts instead of paying mm-hmm. you know, a veteran minimum or a $1 million deal could be really helpful, especially about two, three years down the road uh, when that cap really gets tight. Uh, <clears throat> moving right along here to next, we have at 17, another player drafted this year. Uh, second rounder going to the University of Denver, I believe, next year. That's Rieger Lorenz. Uh, plays both center, left wing. Pretty consensus on this one. Uh, I had him at 17, Zeke at 17, Justin at 16, Isha at 16, Hoppy at 14, and then Z, you're the lowest on him at 19. But again, re- this is kind of the first one where I felt like, okay, we really have everyone kind of in uh, the same ballpark here. So whoever wants to... Uh, Give some thoughts on uh, Riga Lorenz, who I'm sure will be getting lots of coverage on MNCAA this year as well um, as we continue to move up this list. Yeah, I mean, he just finished fifth in the AJHL in points with 85, uh, fourth in goals with 38. It's not as good as the WHL, but uh, he was the only teenager to be in the top 15 in points in that league. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how that translates to Denver, which is a very good program, a good program to be in. Um, his offense is the most intriguing aspect. Uh, he's incredibly quick and strong skater, uh, plays kind of a two-way game. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a, a diamond in the rough type pick that we made with him. Did, yeah. yeah. And we'll, I, oh, go, ahead, go ahead. I love this player. And I know like standouts of the AJHL, it's like, eh, like, you know, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. not the greatest junior A league, but it's come, shoot, it's come a long way in the last mm-hmm. 10 years, even. Mm-hmm. Like, people are saying, oh, it's rivaling the BCHL. Like, look, I won't go that far. You know, bias aside, I won't go that far still, but it is still a really good league. And, like, kind of like going off what Justin said, this guy moves so silky smooth. His, like, shot's not the quickest yet, but again, like, he's, he's playing junior A now, but he has time. If he's truly, like, an elite prospect, he will develop his shot a little bit more it's crazy accurate right now and 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 strong anyways and yes he's like a man amongst boys in that league like he does kind of tower over everyone but there's something there and like i said i mean like justin said as the teenager in that league who's just in my opinion he is the most dominant player sure there may be players who out outscored him as far as the points go but he is the most dominant player that at that league at a 17 18 year old like yeah could be a diamond in a rough pick i i absolutely loved it yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, obviously, like like Justin had mentioned, with the uh, being the best, one of the best scorers in the league, uh, and one of the few ones at that young of age to do it. I just think the the main thing for me that stood out with him, like uh, you guys brought up, was uh, in reading the reports, is the skating, the fact that he's really fast and can kind of seemingly blow by guys Ooh. at times when he needs to. Um, yeah, well, that, I think he's six two. I think as well. Yeah, so to have he's that huge. ability yeah. at that size is really impressive. Yeah. Which is also we've heard, uh, you know, that that skating and compete are probably what the two things the Wild value most in their skating. So, or in their 
I guess, picks in their scouting. So I think that was uh, kind of what stood out right away and obviously know why we look, they like him in them. Uh, before I move on, I will say if I could move one of my guys up that I ranked, I would definitely pick Lorenz. Just I put him down there because he's probably the guy that I watched the least out of all their picks and all their prospects this year. Finishes fifth. I think the four guys in front of him all played for the Brooks Bandits, and in that league, like they're the, the ones team. that have guys going to the NHL. It's yeah, like it's not no Oka one gives Tokes. a fuck about Okotoks yeah. in the AJHL. So that's but another his, cool thing. Shout out Okotoks. Let's go. <laughs> that kid can wire a puck. Like you watch some of the goals he scored this year, they are from deep and they are like they're absurd. And the Dude, thing yeah. with the frame, too, he's not just a big dude that can dominate smaller players. He's really smart about the way he uses his body, too. Like, you can gap up on him. You can be tight on him. And he's going to be able to leverage that body and find a pocket of space. And whether he's shooting or whether he's finding a teammate in the soft area of the ice, he excels in there. And like you said, too, he's going to Denver, which, I mean, that's one of the best programs you could possibly go to, to develop, especially if you're going to the college college level. So, um you know, I think I do think there's room for improvement in the skating too, just with the the technique as well. He's a little bit clunky at times, but it still looks smooth. It's weird. It's just like he's just very upright, which makes him look even fucking bigger. And there's another swear. Uh, <laughs> but I, if I could move one time. kid up, I would definitely pick Lorenz. I don't know why I put him that low. I probably just because I didn't um, watch as much as I would have as I would have liked to because it against the AJHL and hockey TV drives me nuts. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do really <laughs> like this player a lot, especially the more I've gone back and watched his games over the last couple of days, especially. Um, I like to I just go to the bar and then I just go to hockey TV on my phone and I just sit there and I been, like <laughs> picking his games lately. Um, but he's an intriguing player for sure. Um, but again, it's like the fact that he's that young and he's that big and he skates well enough and he knows how to use his big frame. Um, it's an intriguing prospect for sure. But the number one thing is that shot it is absurd. Like it is like just the wrist shots. It is, it's a joke, but, um, so who knows you're getting like an Adam Beckman ass kid that could just score from deep and be an absolute beauty. Cause he is, he's a complete airhead, by the way, go, <laughs> go to his Instagram and look at everyone that comments. They just go dude. And then everyone else just laughs. So it's very funny. He's an yeah. intriguing guy for sure. Hey, he's, he's at college now. He's there now taking classes, by the way. He's doing his finance degree. He's, taking, early, he's taking summer classes what at Denver. He's already there. That's why he wasn't at development camp. Getting on top he's of like, it. He's like, dude, your finances. Literally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If hockey doesn't work out, he's going to go Wolf of Wall Street, you know? So. Yeah, he, he's someone that I wonder if he can continue to develop. Obviously, the Wild have Jewel Erickson Eck, I think, under contract for eight more mm -hmm. years. You know, Jordan Greenway, Marcus Lino probably won't be around forever. Um, and a six foot two guy that can play a 200 foot game has a good shot. Seems like the guy that could perfect, perfectly complement uh, maybe someone yep. on Jewel Erickson X wing. So um, someone I'm watching for sure. And I think much like you, Zeke, I, or uh, Z, um, someone that I'm definitely keeping on my radar as someone that, you know, might be one of my biggest risers come the end of the year, depending how that freshman season at Denver goes. Um, moving up to our final one in this run of picks from this year's draft uh, is Ryan Healy. Um, who I'll be honest, not a guy I looked into a whole lot, um, but I got a lot more excited about it, um, about the pick when I watched the Wilds draft recap and you heard Judd Brackett say something along the lines of, I don't remember the exact quote, um, but he was doing cartwheels. He'd be doing cartwheels if they got Ryan Healy at 121, which they did. Um, kind of an all offense, right shot defenseman. We know a couple of those currently in this system, um, but never bad to have right shots, especially on the blue line. He came in low for me, 23, unranked by both Zeke and Justin, but our friends with the Soda Pod, much higher on him. Isha at 17, Hoppy and Z both at 15. 
Um, so in the interest of keeping this positive, if one of the soda pod guys wants to jump in here and tell us why we need to be more excited about this kid, feel free to do so. Go ahead. Hoffman. I mean, it's going over to Z because like <laughs> the reasons that I am so high on him are the quote you just gave Brett and then Z just drooling over him. So Z take it away. He is a whole lot of fun. Um, <laughs> If you just if you like to put them in the context of like an offensive defenseman, if you look at the point total, it'll underwhelm you. But like Sioux Falls and the USHL sucked. Like they like no one scored on that team. They were the lowest scoring um, team in the USHL. Oh, it was brutal. They were that was hard to watch their game. Forty four like, points really was the, hurt. was the leader in sixty one games. It hurts. It hurt to watch them. It was brutal. They were awful. Um, first of all, he's from Massachusetts, so I naturally love him. Um, but you want to talk about like activation from the point, like transition. That's Ryan. He like another kid that just doesn't stand still. If you go, I think I tweeted out the video of his first ever USHL, uh, goal. It was absurd. Like he did a full lap around the offensive zone and then he goes to the fucking goal line and snipes from behind the net. And it was like, Oh, okay. Um, but he's just incredibly creative on on the offensive blue line. Like, the skating right to left, deceptive, but the activation is really what stands out. And like, yeah, he's probably projecting as an offensive defenseman who's going to be, you know, his ceiling is probably like a four. Um, but there's a good second power play unit for sure. Like that's where it's potentialized, but, um, but just incredibly creative. And like, the thing is with him, it's, defensively once another team gets set up in the zone then he might run into a little bit of trouble where he's not as good defensively but you want to like his true defensive value comes defending the rush killing plays that way denying entries uh he's really good with the stick but then once it comes time to like get set up in there that's where he runs into a little bit of trouble but again he's going to college he'll develop he's got plenty of time they're not going to rush him um but again like you said too another right shot never bad to add into your pool but um, again, just if you look at the defensemen that Judd Brackett's been targeting, it's a lot of guys that are, you know, whether it's just exits or controlled exits or first pass or transition, that's what they look for, yep. joining the rush. And again, this is a kid, once you get down the offensive zone, he's kind of like Kyle Masters, except Kyle Masters gets a little bit lost once he gets into the offensive zone. The game slows down. He only can move at one speed. But this is a kid that is like right to left or he's going north-south, doesn't matter. So um, he's a really, really fun player to watch. Like, if you were to go like make a mixtape of Ryan Healy, it would be a very fun video because he is just always moving. Dude. He's always on the puck, but he's a very fun player to watch. So I love Healy. So he's another guy that I would keep your eye on too. It's amazing you said fun because like that's the best word to describe him. Because like when when I was making this list, um, I, I the first thing I when I looked up just to get some notes and get some video on him to just watch him on YouTube. The first thing I saw was an article that was like the most overrated players in the draft, and he was on there. And I was like, get the fuck out of here! I don't, I don't want to believe that based on like you know Judd Brackett's reaction. So I went and watched him, and I was like, whoever wrote this is a donkey, as Hoppy <laughs> would say, because like he is electric. And I saw you know the goal that Probably that Z uh, tweeted out. And and then that was it too. I, I looked at his stats. And I was like, okay, underwhelming. But then you kind of do a little bit more research, and you're like, no, this kid, this kid's something else. And again, like ceiling, you know, third pairing power play specialist. And like maybe this is, a, is an example that Hoppy will roll his eyes at because yes, it's a Canucks example. But like there was a three year stretch in the league where like a Yannick Weber on the back end in Nashville and the Canucks when he had that just. That role exactly clear the fucking waters for this guy to just go right to the net and do his thing and score or get make him a power play specialist. He scored like 18 to 20 points, like 
you know, or 18 to, to 20 goals in those three years. So um, each year. So that's, that's kind of like where I project. If everything works out and he can be in a system that allows him to do that, he's got all the tools to do that. But again, that's the, that's the ceiling. But dude, fun highlight package nonetheless. Yeah, like one, I, thing, I, one thing. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, another yeah. like somewhat Canucks reference, but also a wild reference. Like it kind of almost feels like a Brad Hunt type to me too. Just kind of that oh. that big heavy shot, you know, can play him. on the power play. Maybe a third pairing guy doesn't log huge ice time, um, <laughs> but if he's fun too, maybe a great locker room guy. You know, having those guys you can call up on out of Iowa or have as your seventh defenseman still important because you are going to have injuries. You got to have guys that can fill in too, even if they aren't an everyday player. Um, and you don't want that seventh defenseman to be Jordy Bent. How about Dude. Russo just getting all sorts of excited when Brad Hunt signed? <laughs> he was bumped. Dude, I fucking love Brad Hunt. How can you not? <laughs> Everyone guy. loves Brad Hunt. Dude, he got 17 points with the Canucks last year in 50 games. Let's go. <laughs> it's more than I got. <laughs> so it's pretty good. But the one thing I will say, though, about Healy, uh, a couple of the, the Sioux Falls games that I just made myself, like tortured myself watching <laughs> was when they'd play Waterloo because I wanted to see him go about go up against Rinzel and he was outplaying Rinzel often like by a wide margin nice. so again like again you're talking about this in Sioux Falls team but like the kid still stands out so I don't know it's like it's a kid that's like he either hits his potential or he never plays a game in the NHL it's just right. it's one or the other the way he plays that type of player especially as a defenseman um but very very intriguing and it's like you bet on the tools that he does have and the creativity that he does have. So um, really fun player. I think we all saw him in that 3v3 the last day at development camp. He he and Hunter Hate were the two most noticeable guys. So mm-hmm. I know he's just an intriguing, very intriguing prospect. And like Judd Brackett said, he said he was, if they get him at 121, he's going to be cartwheeling. So, and they did. Um, cause and Judd they Brackett. did. He just fell right into his lap. I think I didn't really have him ranked because I didn't know much about him, honestly, other than kind of what's out there. But like Z just mentioned, um, I went to day two of the development camp, and he was one of the guys that was noticeable, especially on that three versus three, like you said, just him and Hayton. And, I mean, Hunter Jones played well too, but uh, he was one of the names that you, you you were recognizing quite a bit in that tournament. And I think that's well, definitely good to see. Going to Harvard. Yeah, and, and great for those types to stand out. You know, he's in competition that's maybe more in his realm, and still to continue to stand out in that group, I think, is important. Um, moving right along here, the next one on the list. Um, again, another guy, pretty much consensus across the board here. Um, and we have another Minnesota boy, not the pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. This is the forward for the SCSU Huskies, Sam Hentges. Um, who comes in at 15, 14 for me, 16 for Zeke, 14 for Justin, 18 for Isha, 16 for Hoppy, and then Zeke, you were the lowest on him. You had him at 25. Um, so maybe we'll go there first because I think this is probably the first player in this list that's really kind of deviated off the consensus. Um, and Hentges was a player I, I struggled to rank a little bit, um, but like long story short for me, like this is a big year for him, and it's going to be kind of the make or break for whether he stays at this spot for me or starts to move down or potentially even move up. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the biggest problem with him has been staying healthy. Like, you know, looking at his games played, he's played, you know, uh, here in, in the NCAA 20, 29, 28, and 37. And the year before that, uh, his draft year in the USHL, he played, like, I think, 23 games. So, because I remember a few years back, I think it was Corey Prom and Athletic and a few other people 
people at the time who, you know, obviously the pool wasn't as deep then, but I remember seeing him as high as like fifth or sixth in the Wilds rankings. And uh, I remember he had a great start to that freshman year where he's really showed off the fact that he's a, you know, great skater, seems to be really fast uh, and, and, you know, not obviously overwhelming skill, but had good enough hands to kind of keep up with, with his feet in that way and brain. But I mean, I think pretty much ever since then, it seems like he just had, uh, you know, a trouble staying healthy. And uh, but he did have a very good year this year in St. Cloud uh, as a senior. So I think uh, I think he might be another potential guy there. Like you said, Brett, if he has a good year this year, maybe he's kind of another tweener AHL NHL guy. But uh, I think again, he's another guy that has the uh, kind of dynamic skating ability who can uh, really really move and handle the puck well too. Yeah. Be remiss if I didn't mention he was also representing the United States at the Olympics this year as well. Uh, did crack that team, one of the many Minnesotans, among another player that we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on in the list. Um, Z, you were the lowest on him, uh, 25 on your list, so he rounded out kind of the, the players where you had your rank. What are your concerns? What do you still like about Henkis? Henkis. Well, I mean, the the health thing is real. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's has struggled. I I don't know if I necessarily use it against him, but like just for me, he's already 22 years old. Um, I mean, 2018 seventh round pick. But the thing with him, like wherever he goes, he makes it work. Like he makes himself effective when he's able to be in the lineup, I guess. But and also this year, he was a monster. Like some of the goals he scored this year, like, but he gives you a little bit of everything. So there's some intrigue there just for me. It's he's already 22. Mm-hmm. How much more is there is right. what I really question. Like, I don't know if he has enough in the arsenal there to like take it to another level um and become a full-time nhl guy so like you said he kind of does scream um you know ahl nhl tweener like i almost think of him almost like a a jerry mayhew type where he's like hey he looks yeah exactly like he looks good a couple times he comes up he might cop like pot a couple points but um he's gonna probably you know it's gonna have a lot's gonna have to go well for him to become a full-time nhl guy and realistically, if he does, it's probably in a fourth line role. And I wonder, you know, what is it in his tool set in his arsenal that's going to make him be able to stay there? Right. Who's going to want to give him can a he contract? Kill a penalty, you know, right. So, but he, sure. but again, like wherever he goes, he somehow just makes it work. So, like in that sense, you like he's also a kid you root for too. Like, so part of me like felt bad put him at twenty five, but I just I just do wonder how much more development there is to be had like how much more he has in the tank to become a full-time nhl guy i just don't know but again he's just like another intriguing guy though like he's there and like i said he he somehow wherever he goes makes it work but he was a lot of fun to watch this year when he got when he did get healthy i think he came back and scored like five straight games he looked good in the two olympic games he went to i think he scored a goal um so again he's an intriguing guy i just again at 22 years old hasn't really popped yet um, you just have to wonder, you know, what else he has to, to make him a full-time NHL player. But, uh, and then, like you said, too, this is a huge year for him. He's going to get a lot of looks in Iowa. So um, he's definitely a guy I'm going to keep my eye on for sure. And I like the kid a lot. So um, he's definitely a kid you root for. Yeah. Speaking of kids you want to root for, um, I don't think there's any player in the system we want to root for more than this next guy at 14. And that's Pavel Novak. Uh, 15 mm-hmm. across the board for us at Sound the Foghorn, 13 for Isha, 14 for Z, 17 for Hoppy. Um, again, very consensus on this guy. Um, unfortunately, as we found out uh, early on this offseason, diagnosed with cancer, likely uh, the treatments and everything, which from the onset, he seems to be in good spirits. Sounds like things are going well as of now, um, but doesn't sound like he'll be able to train much, play any sort of hockey at all this year, which 
Obviously, health comes first. We saw this with Ross a year ago, too. But losing a year development is big. Um, but we won't focus too much on that. We'll, we'll talk about what we know about Novak, and that's he was electric. Um, this year, playing in the WHL for Kelowna, where he was one of their top scorers, um, kind of one of their go-to guys, and maybe not what wasn't one of the stronger teams, but a guy they leaned on every night. And um, I can recall several instances from the prospect page of of Novak showing some crafty moves and, and picking corners with a kind of a shot from range. Um, a guy that can play either side of the wing, and I think if he's able to come back healthy, continue to develop, maybe a longer-term play, um, but a guy I think could be a really complimentary, maybe like a third-line winger, um, a guy that could potentially help maybe in your second power play as well. Um, but without a doubt, a kid that, that you want to root for and hope that he's able to get back and, and pursue his dream of playing in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, you can take this with a grain of salt, but he was our highest-producing prospect this past season. I mean, he has a hell of a shot and seems to <clears throat> find the goals in front of the net. I mean, not the best skater in the world, but his hands are quick. Uh, I think with the right development, when he comes back, he could be very interesting for us. He played, you know, major junior, world juniors, and for like the Czech league for 15 games. I mean, he had a hell of a year. So, you know, health stuff aside, he's he's a great prospect, and I wish him all the best. He had a a monster year. Like he was legitimately unbelievable this season. One of the funnest players I watched all year long. Um, and you know what's his name? Colton Doc. Um, he goes whatever round he went in second round to Chicago a couple of years. And Novak was miles ahead of him. I mean, miles ahead of him. And it's fun if you go back and you look at his draft year or even his draft plus one. Um, if you look at those scouting reports, it's like. He's one threat. Just if you don't let him have the puck from 25 feet out, you won't even notice he's there. <laughs> and then I remember it was the four nations, five nations, or the Holinka Gretzky last summer. I can't remember, but he was a, just a completely different player where super physical on the four check, winning pucks, and not only scoring from deep, but he's finding himself in hard areas of the ice, getting to the middle of the ice, getting net front and scoring that way too. And he carried that the WHL where on the four check, he was unbelievable. And it's, and he's, He's fascinating because he's the definition of a kid that as soon as the puck goes into the defensive zone, his controller dies. I'm not kidding. He may have taken 12 total strides this season in the defensive. <laughs> like he like he just goes. You can see him come into the frame, and then he's then he's gone, and the puck just doesn't move. But he's like watching. He ran. I watched him run into his own net three times just watching the puck, <laughs> and it's like, dude, like what are you doing? Like it's crazy. And the skating thing's fascinating too, where sometimes he looks unbelievable. He's the fastest human being alive. And there are other times where he's just like really clunky. He's been on the ice for, oh my God, so clunky. And then like, <laughs> it's like he's on the ice for eight seconds. He's like, oh, I'm tired. Yeah, I got to get off here. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> but um, he took a huge step this year, like straight up, completely different player, where, um, you know, again, it's not just scoring from the circle, it's not just scoring the power play. I think he had. Maybe I forget how many goals he did score, but a very small portion of those came on the power play. He scored a couple uh, shorthanded goals, um, but he became a dual threat in the offensive zone. And the playmaking actually just came out of nowhere, too, where he bracked up those assists. So, uh, again, just a brutal kind of way to, to end the year with this with this diagnosis. And, um, you know, this would have been another big year for him in the AHL where he would have been. But um, definitely intriguing one where I don't think he necessarily ends up being a top six player in the National Hockey League. I just don't think, you know, the stuff that the stuff he does that is the best parts of his game. Don't put him in that tier in the NHL. But um, definitely a kid that took a huge step. And if he can just like skate 
in the, in the defensive zone. I think he can make himself useful because in the offensive zone, he's actually very good where he's winning pucks with his stick. Again, like I said, winning with a forecheck defensively, he's like where he's supposed to be in the offensive zone. It's like, dude, just bring that, bring that like a hundred feet backwards. Like just do that over there <laughs> and you're an unbelievable player, but he just chooses not to. And again, his controller dies the second he hits the defensive blue line. <laughs> he just like stops moving his feet. It's fascinating. But yeah, uh, sure I watched a ton of Tim Army I wouldn't let him. slide. So, no, that's the thing with Tim Army. Like, no, he would have got slaughtered. Like, it, like, it would not have had any time for that. But, hey, we talked about first off before. First off, used to do the same thing at UConn. He looked unbelievable in the AHL and, like, very good defensively. So, yep. who knows? But I love Pablo Novak. He had a huge year, and it just sucks that he's not going to be playing the AHL next season because it would have been another huge uh-huh. step for him for sure. Yeah. Right. For the record, he had 29 goals and 73 points. Uh, 72 mm-hmm. points, sorry. Huge I think like seven Russia. or eight of them were on the power play, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of where we have like a pretty clear, I think, almost like tear break, if you want to call it, where we have a lot of guys, I think, that we all felt, could they be an impact player in the NHL? Yes. There's, you know, maybe a little bit more warts in their game. There's some areas we, they need to improve on. Or maybe it's just, you know, the whole skill set needs to level up one one level more, you know, like a Sam Henkis or, or a Servak Petrovsky or someone of, of, of that ilk. Um, as we kind of get into this next tier, I think it's pretty safe to say these are guys we feel in one way or another, whether it's with the Wild, another organization, will be everyday NHLers, whether that's a, a bottom six role, a, a third pairing role, um, or even potentially more uh, middle of the lineup. Um, sticking right with uh, the consensus for the Sound the Foghorn guys on this next guy, we had him um, 13 on our board. Um, each, he's 13 power ranked, and that's left defenseman Damon Hunt. Um, Hoppy and, and Z each at 12, each a little bit lower because um, he hates the WHL now apparently, um, down at 19. Um, so if anyone wants to jump hate, in hate here on uh, arguably the best-dressed Minnesota Wild prospect, this guy, his Instagram is incredibly fun, unhockey-related. If you want some entertainment, uh, just go to Damon Hunt's Instagram. It's fantastic. A plus Instagram. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Someone else wants to take the lead. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I think Justin probably remember this when we were at the uh, scrimmage against Chicago with all the prospects last year. He was kind of one of the guys that really stood out, just seemed to have a kind of energy and aggressiveness to his game. And I mean, I think obviously the physicality and sense of play is kind of what his, uh, I suppose, trademark is you know, when he was drafted, but it just seemed to have kind of a, you know, like I said, seemed to be aggressive, physical, and and also obviously this past year, you know, he scored 17 goals uh, in WHL. I think if he would have been healthy for most of that time, I think he was probably going to, you know, for most of the, the top goal score among defensemen in that league, which is obviously really good. Uh, and also has kind of a bit of the, he's not a huge guy, but does have some size at like, you know, six one, almost 200 pounds. So I think, you know, again, that's like Brett said, it's not me. He doesn't maybe have the high end upside, but he's a pretty safe, uh, you know, probably at least, you know, third pair defenseman just because of the way that he plays. It's too bad too, that he got hurt with blocking a shot. Otherwise I think he would have made team Canada for the world juniors. Just kind of, I think he's, I think he's still eligible because they're redoing it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, sure. Shit. It's in a few weeks. Yeah. They get sometime. He, in he was a lock. He was making. Uh-huh. He was a. Lo- he was a lock to make. Yeah. He was team. like third pair. I think. Th- I think th- weren't they gonna run like a pair with him and Lambos? Him and Lambos. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Anyway. <laughs> uh. All right. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how literally like those types of freak plays are every single one of his injuries where yeah. like, again, he blocked the shot against that U sports team in the final game. <laughs> like, this is what he does. First of all, like, I love the kid to death. Like, him and Matej Chuck this year were by far, if they weren't the best, they were the most entertaining D pair in the WHL, where they both the whole season were kind of like rovers, where there's shifts where both of them are the first two in on the four check. You're like, wait a minute, like, what do you, wait, whoa, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, but he skates well. There's plenty of offense there. And he was, until he got hurt, he was the leading goal scorer among defensemen in the WHL, but he did it in about 15 or 20 fewer games than all the other guys. So, like, the shot is no joke. He's got an absolute bomb, really good offensively. But my big thing with him, and I would probably start putting him down a little bit in my own rankings, I don't know if things that make him create the WHL are actually going to project him to be, like, or really project as strengths in the National Hockey because he cannot play the way that he plays <laughs> playing pro hockey. He cannot. Yep. Like he absolutely could not. You will not play a game in the National Hockey League if you're just a psycho rover, like <laughs> the way that he does it. But he is super tough. He plays super hard. He's a freak athlete. And I said it probably halfway through the WHL season. I was like, get this kid out of junior hockey because he's just picking up so many bad habits where yep. it's like he's a man amongst boys out there. He literally just does whatever he wants. And like in terms of like good habits or mechanics, like he just doesn't need to have those to succeed because he's just like, again, he's more athletic than everybody. So I worry about him. If he can't do that national national hockey league, like he can't be a shutdown guy with how he plays. Yep. So it's one of those guys where if, Hey, if this thing that you're really good at doesn't work, what's your B game? Like what else do you have right, right now? I haven't seen a lick of anything else at the WHL level, at least this season. Um, and you pair that with the fact that he just gets these freak injuries. Um, it doesn't really bode well, but there's so many tools that you're like, fuck, if you could just pair that with like, just <laughs> playing the game, how you're supposed to play it as a defenseman. But again, on Moose Jaw, that's how the whole team played. And he played with Denton Matejchuk, who does the same thing, except a little bit more refined. Um, he's got a lot of time, I think ahead of him to like kind of iron those little details out because again, he just cannot do what he does in the WHL. Like next season, if he tries to do that with Tim Army, he won't play. Like he just won't. Yeah. Um, the, as the, effective as it might be, but his seven—I think he played seven AHL games the the COVID year, and he looked unbelievable. So mm -hmm. it's there. It's just whether or not he chooses to to play how he's supposed to play. But he's a very intriguing prospect, and he has all the tools you want at the National Hockey level. It's just the brain. He's like, dude, you got to choose yep. to play the right way. Yeah, I had pretty much the same note on him that his poise can just kind of get the best of him sometime where he likes to run he's around, maybe get a little bit overactivated in the defensive zone. Like a lot of those things that make people like that make people go insane over Dumba, like to me, like are very similar right. with, with Damon Hunt. Like it's really electric when it all works out, when he you know, uh. rips off the slap shot from joining the rush or when he lights up a guy in the middle of the ice. Um, but sometimes that can burn you too. Um, one one thing I will say, sorry, I don't know if you're moving on to no, the next you're good. Favorite game that I watched of Damon Hunt, it was uh, Hendricks' first trip to scout. It was Winnipeg, so it was Lambos versus Damon Hunt. Damon Hunt had the worst game of his life. He was already dash three, took the dumbest penalty I've ever seen in my life. Like the dumbest turns, exits the box, turns the puck over. They score. They keep him out of the ice. Winnipeg comes down the other way. Zach Benson does not have the, like he had the puck had been gone for like an hour and a half. 
Damon Hunt absolutely decapitated him. Starts a line brawl. Gets Dent Matejuk beaten though. Oh fuck! This kid of Winnipeg just beat the wheels off Matejuk when they were fighting. And then Matejuk or uh, uh, Hunt gets thrown out of the game and suspended. So like, it was I think like, I remember the poor bastard went dash four, got tossed, and Hendricks was just like. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> Meanwhile, Lambos is second star of the game. They get like three points. Lighting it up. Yeah. I was like, I remember that game. Just... Worst game ever. Yep. Well, tracking it from prospects. I remember that. I was like, how the hell did Hunt get so many freaking penalty minutes? Like, I'm not 15 that game. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so bad. The, the good news for Hunt um, is on this list alone, we have five other defensive prospects in front of him. Spurgeon, Brodeen still under contract for a while. You can always find third-pairing defensemen in free agencies. There's going to be no rush to get him here. Um, to me, he's a guy I wonder if that might start to be dangled when they start to dip back into the trade market if they need to mm-hmm. trade a prospect, mm-hmm. um, if he might be a guy a team wants to take a shot on. Because um, to me, just the talent in front of him feels a little more sure, but maybe if a team wants a higher-end prospect. Um, but we'll see um where damon hunt ends up but again lots of like there we'll just see if he can kind of translate a lot of those skills to the next level moving on from damon hunt this next player is a guy that i have quickly um, become very excited for and that is the very exciting fun as hell to watch center slash right wing probably a wing at the next level um in hunter hate again sound the foghorn has him ranked across the board at 12 14 for isha 10 for Hoppy, 13 for Z. So, again, all kind of in the same realm here. Um, but to me, it's just the more I watch this kid, the more highlights I watch. Like it, To me, it feels like the sky's the limit if he can continue to put it all together. Um, I know we talked a little on our show when we recapped the draft. Lost year development um, when the OHL basically locked out to COVID, never came back, um, and then really started to come on, I think, toward the back end of last year um, when he started to find his legs, find that hockey sense, and all that finally came back to him. Um, scored a ton of goals. His hands are absolutely insane. This kid can stick handle and toe drag in a phone booth. He undressed defenders like left and right um, last year, and he's just super fun to watch. And to me, I think he's a guy that like end of this year could easily bump himself inside of my top 10 if everything continues to fall right because I think he's absolutely poised um, to break out this year um, in the OHL. Yeah, and what a name. <clears throat> Have the last name Hate and be a hockey player. Like, can't get much better than that. <laughs> um, no, but at development camp, I mean, he was he stood out. I mean, I was there, like I said, day two, and him and Beckman were basically neck and neck in all the drills together. I, I felt like he almost looked like a better skating Adam Beckman. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, he he was obvious in that uh, three versus three, scored the two goals in that last game. And, you know, one of those guys, like you said, that could be much higher than 12 once, you know, the season starts to get going, see how he, you know, develops and, and, you know, yeah, lost my train of thought, but yeah, he's a player that excites me. <clears throat> Hoppy, Isha, anything? I mean, for me, it's kind of like what you said, Brett, there's probably like four guys that fall in this bucket of like, they're kind of in the middle of my rankings and they could shoot up to like, Shit, it could be closer to top five or they could fall off my rankings entirely mm-hmm. but it's just the profile of the player like this is a guy that profiles to make the top six at some point if things go well for him yep. and to justin's point right like looked incredible in development camp and for me that's 
a lot of what I'm going off of besides some of the highlights I'm going back and watching now, because admittedly I'm watching way more college hockey and pro hockey. Like I'm not scouting for next year's draft with the exception of like the top tier guys or the national development program kids. So that's all I really have to go off of. And this year he's going to go way higher or way lower for me, just depending on how this second year in the OHL goes. For sure. Anyone else? Hunter Hayes. High ceiling kid in the O. It's one of those. It's exactly what Hoppy said. If he can do it again and again, you know, then you have my attention. But let's you know, let's see what he would do in his next year. Ridiculous hands, like insane. Like that's by far is like that's his yeah. calling card. Obviously, who doesn't but... in the OHL though? Z, come on. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, it is the best I... league in Canada, so. Oh, fuck off. I hate the OHL. <laughs> yes! That's why I love Easy. Dude, it was so fuck hard to OHL, watch the man. OHL. Dude, the playoffs still, were really good. The, the regular yeah, yeah, season. Playoffs, like... are, play, playoffs are good. You know, I watch Junior B and Junior C fucking playoffs, dude. It's just good hockey regardless, but fucking no. The no. OHL is just, the regular season for me is just tough. Like, I much prefer the WHL. Like, it's not close, but... Um, <laughs> Dude, Hunter Hayes. Yeah, that shit like, beautiful than a motherfucker. Stop that, Icha. It scared the shit out of me. I'll be honest Sorry, with you. I, had to. I just woke my kids up. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's not my fault you don't have headphones, okay? Uh, but again, we said this before, though. Like, if you're going to bet on a kid to break out next season, like, compared to what he did this year, uh, I would love to see him just be a little bit more assertive in his game this season. And, like, with yep. him, the thing that it felt that, that last year of, of, I mean, the year of just no hockey, the thing that like that stood out a lot was just a little bit of, like the timing stuff, like yep. off the rush or play making. But, um, you know, I mean, again, the skill, the offensive tools, like he does a little bit of everything offensively. He's not just a sniper. He has a great shot, whether it's in tight or from deep or it's the hands, but like the passing, like especially like off the rush too, it's like he so it might throw you know, pass behind or in someone's skates, but it's just like the more hockey he plays, it's like, that's a kid you bet on for sure. And he just got added to the, to the world juniors camp for Canada the other day. Um, but I mean, just like you bet on that sheer talent alone. And like the kid with his profile too, you're either, if you want to go and look at like other scouting outlets or whatever, there'll be people that were like, he should be flirting with the first round or there'll be people like, he's just not going to pan it. Like, it's just like one or the other. Yep. But, like, this is a kid you definitely bet on a course correction, especially playing in the OHL. Um, but, again, he fits the profile of what the Minnesota Wilds really like. They like those guys that can play in transition. They like the guys with skill. They're a little bit of well-rounded game. But um, he's an unbelievably fun player to watch, incredibly electric. And I think if he just gets a little bit more confident and gets on the puck a little bit more this year, which he should, he'll be higher up in the lineup, um, he's going to break out. Like there's just no way a kid with that much talent and that much skill playing in that league doesn't. And I think the more he succeeds, the more he puts up in terms of points, I think the more confident he gets and more assertive he gets. So definitely a kid to keep your eye on for sure, because I, I would absolutely hammer if I could bet, if there was a bet out there, I said this on Twitter, if I could like liquidate my retirement savings and put it on one kid to break out, like double his point total this year or next year, I would put it on Hunter hate for Same. sure. Because it's, I, 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 saved, I saved that for you, Z, by the way, that was going to be part of my rationale <laughs> for my ranking. 
Yeah. Yeah. I also just we could find someone to cash that in for you. I like just throwing bets at random shit too. I was betting on Slovakian hockey this year. That's how damn bad I got. (laughs) It wasn't. It didn't. I mean, you know, you hammered the over. We go to Vegas. We're taking this guy with us. Holy shit! The first time (laughs) you go to Vegas, fucking, you're not moving to Minnesota if we're doing that. Holy, (laughs) parents out there because we're losing all the money. Are you okay? You'll keep us busy trying to rip your Canadian money in half. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> Perfect. Your wife loved that. All right. Yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she had a good time with it. <laughs> but anyways, Hunter Hate, fuck yeah. Yeah, excited to see where he goes. This next guy was the only player that was pretty much had a consensus ranking across the board from all six players. Left defenseman for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs GM, Kyle Lewis's favorite team, Sault Ste. Marie, and that's Ryan O'Rourke. Um, comes at 11 on the power ranking, was ranked 11 by myself, Zeke, Justin, Isha, and Hoppy. And Z, slightly higher on him, broke the consensus by putting him at 10. Um, but a guy I think here that we feel is just going to be like a mainstay on the third pairing, thorn in your side, heavy stay at home, like every, like the prototypical if you could put into a machine and create the perfect third pairing defenseman. I think Ryan O'Rourke is what it spits out. Yeah, I mean, I know we just I know we just shit on the OHL, but like this guy's a reason to watch the, the OHL. Watch yeah, he's a the stud. I felt like his his stat line was always like maybe a goal here and there, like a couple assists, and then like five penalty minutes or something. He's just very rugged in your face. I mean, very hard to play against. <clears throat> he was a pretty big minute eater, minute eater for the Sioux. Um, yeah, he's just uh, one of those physical. Like old style type defenseman that uh, is fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think He's that. Uh, just to, uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just think that uh, maybe fits his skill set. Obviously, fits a little bit more what the you know what I'm looking for in their D. Uh, as Brett mentioned, that uh, stay at home, old school, I guess you know, kind of style of play. Which, and I mean, like you guys mentioned too, he did have 46 points in 51 games last year. So, uh, you know, it's not like there's – it doesn't seem like there's absolutely, like, a dearth of offense here. Like, you, you know, so. There's there's sneaky offense in there. Like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be – like, when he goes to the NHL, he's not going to put up lots and lots right. of points. He probably to, won't. To me, it's just the intelligence. He play. just knows the right first pass to make yeah. and where to be. So, again, we talked about this with defensemen, right? Like, they're guys that – especially in this prospect pool who maybe they don't project to put up a lot of points and that's not where their offensive prowess really lies. But you want to talk about a kid good on retrievals exits makes the makes your life as a forward unbelievably easy because it's a good first pass. It's the right play 99% of the time. Um, That's Ryan O'Rourke. And you know, this year, like I think in his draft year, as 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 a rookie, he was putting up probably twenty five minutes a night, and he's on their first PK. He's on their he's the power play or he's the quarterback on their power play right now, um, and he looked unbelievable the second half of the AHL season, the COVID year when he went over yeah. there. Which is some of not us wondered a, if he should ever like we didn't want him to leave. They they were like we honestly if like I don't remember if he was eligible to play there. I don't know if they're gonna let those guys stay in the AHL. I think they may have said no because the NHL CHL agreement sucks. So stupid. Anyways, I won't go. I, well, I've gone on plenty of tangents about that, but like he fit right in and like towards the end of the year, he's one of their best defensemen. And like, he is a mean bastard. Like, and like the thing with him that he will have to like iron out 
Like, I don't want him to lose the edge. I don't want him to lose the physicality because that's, like, right up there in terms of tools. But, like, he has a very short wick. And when he snaps, <laughs> he's the dumbest hockey player alive. It doesn't happen all the time. It started happening a lot towards the end of the year, which is very funny. There was one game in the first period. He had, like, a goal, an assist, and 11 penalty minutes. King shit. Like, Dude, how King did shit. you do that? He, but, like, it was like. What is he doing in the O? He should be out like, west. Like three really stupid stick penalties, and then he was like, "Fuck it, I'm fighting David Goyette," and he just started beating <laughs> the wheels off this dude in the corner. I was like, "What are you doing?" I Got suspended it. in his first game this year. Then he had one of the most ridiculous slew foots I've ever seen in my life. Later on, the season, got suspended Jeez. again. So the kid was just racking up penalty minutes left and right, <laughs> and that those it was those sequences. Like, all right, dude, like, yeah, calm down. But he just plays a pro game, and whether he's gonna be. On a third pair, I could see him like the second they actually traded for Brock Faber. I was like, there you go, Ryan O'Rourke and Brock Faber. You have your shutdown pair just because they just complement each other really well. They're very high end defensive players. And again, like, no, he's not going to put up a lot of points, but he does facilitate offense just the way he moves the puck up the ice, gets it from point A to point B, makes again, makes life unbelievably easy. And like, you can't win the puck on the four check against Ryan O'Rourke. And he skates well enough. So he's just really well rounded where, you know, he can chip in offensively, not necessarily points, but just the way that he's able to get the puck up. So I think, like, if he had more of an offensive profile, he would be, like, even higher up. Yep. But it's just like, but that's just not his game, and you don't need it to be. And he right. adds a little bit of something different in the Minnesota Wild prospect pool. And that's another reason, I like, that their pool is so good. They just have such a diverse group of players where he gives you a little bit of something different. Um, and I know plenty of people that would have had him in the first round um, I think Elite Prospects had him like top 20. So, yeah, like it is draft year. But again, already played a somewhat real season in the AHL and did not look out of place and yeah. absolutely could have stayed if they wanted him to. Um, but he's unbelievable. And he, I thought he actually, there were a couple of sequences in that 3v3 where he was like showing off the hands. He had one backhand finish that was outrageous. I was like, oh, look at that. There it is. But um, again, that. sneaky offense does a lot of things really well. But just something yes. different in the prospect pool, and pretty much everything he does translates to pro hockey. Just because he plays like a pro, it's like you want—it's what you want Damon Hunt to be able to do sometimes. Yeah, like right there it is. Like just that's that's pro hockey exactly. But I think like probably 15 games in watching him, I was like, get him out of the get him out of the OHL, send him back to the AHL. Like yep. it just don't. I don't want him to develop any habits, and that's <laughs> yeah. the, the bad habits were just when right. he was starting to beat the wheels off people for no reason. And then it, it was like, okay, <laughs> like, calm down. just for the fun of it. Like I'm bored of this shit. I'm gonna. Just beat someone's face in. So funny. He snapped a few times. It was just so good. I was like, oh, I know I, I shouldn't like this, but it's very funny and it's very entertaining. And you're a psychopath. But uh, all right. But yeah, I love Rhino Rock. He's one of my favorites. Yeah. One Am I favorites the only one far. that's like on another planet where because of COVID and everything, it's isolated to just the two of them. But O'Rourke and Hunt, I feel like they've been in the org for like five or six years. <laughs> it feels yeah, like yeah. It's crazy, yeah. And like Rossi, like he's normal. Like Rossi, no, he's just been here for two years. But like those two, for whatever reason, maybe yeah. Brad Hunt's part of it. But like <laughs> I just, I see like five or six years that they've been with the team. And like, yep. yeah, they should be here by now, right? Yeah, yeah. those pandemic like, years were like, felt like two years in one. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, last thing on Ryan O'Rourke, though, I think this is a kid that plays 15 years in the National Hockey League, and outside of you know whatever franchise has him, no one talks about him, but he's unbelievably effective. Like, yep. I think that's Agreed. just he's just a quiet game that's physical, effective, but until he beats not a ton of points, but he plays for yeah, until he just does something psychotic, and they're like, Holy, shit, who's that? Who fucks that guy? Oh, he's played 800 <laughs> games in the National Hockey League. What are you talking yeah. about? He's, he's Ian Cole without cheating on his wife and oh, with a lower draft grade. 
dark. That's Carson yeah. Susie. Okay, well, I'll give a bet. I was, yeah. I'll, I'll, how, about, how about Chris Tanev, but the wires don't cross? <laughs> Side note on Chris Tanev, I've never seen a defenseman get absolutely slaughtered on the forecheck more in my life. Like, I, dude, I swear to God, that guy's going to fall apart. Puck, someone kills him. Like, geez, he's going to fall apart soon, man. The amount of. Him. <laughs> I think he's like, he's going to break the, the NHL record. Record at some like at the end of his career for block shots when yeah. it's all said you, and done. Like, do you remember Hartman was... blowing him up on the forecheck in the bubble? Oh, yeah. His bucket went fly. He could have put it back on. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> the thing about him is like he won't go get he won't go get looked at by the trainers because he doesn't want to hear the bad news. He's like, no, no, no. I'll, I have a broken whatever. Don't tell me till the end of the game. I'm just gonna like, keep yeah, hobbling. Yeah, like, they're gonna be like, dude, you, I don't, I don't dude, you look like a deer in headlights. He's like, I always fucking. He's like, I don't give a shit. Like, have you seen my? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen me normally? Yeah. I don't even use a mouth there. I just chew gum. It's fine. Not a big deal. All right. Well, moving along because we still have the, we're into the top ten now. So our top ten prospects. It Seize starts the opportunity here. on this name. What's that? Is the opportunity on this name? Exactly. Uh, wait. There's an opportunity on this one. Russo didn't use it, and and he should. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, we have Jacked Pert um, out of Saint Cloud State. Um, speaking of games that are just going to translate to the pro level, I think that's Jack Pert. Um, Nothing that really like I don't think there's one skill that really jumps out at you, but almost like a you know almost like a diet Jared Spurgeon type where just does everything well, plays the game the right way, good skater, good first outlet pass. Again, like the trend with all these defensemen, just knowing how to defend the rush, how to start moving the puck the other way, um, and a guy whose like development's been really steep, right? Like one Mister Hockey, I think there's a little skepticism about him being a first round talent. Falls the wild in the second round and really looked not out of place um, at St. Cloud last year, kind of being the the point person um, for their blue line um, and another big year ahead of him this year. But um, someone, you know, might even, that could even potentially pair very well if either Pert or O'Rourke could go to their offside. Um, but again, just a while, they're going to have tons of options for how they want to fill out their defense with, with these prospect and purchase another piece of that puzzle. Yeah, and I mean, for me, he's uh, go ahead, Justin. Um, you go ahead, bud. I was just gonna say he's another guy that falls in that bucket for me of like he's either gonna launch up my rankings or go mm. down based on how he does this year. Like, yep, he wasn't out of place. He did fine for a freshman at St. Cloud, but I really want to see what he does this year, stepping up into a bigger role before I really pass much judgment. And I ranked him behind guys like O'Rourke and Hunt just because. I'm a lot more confident in their spot on the team. Like those are guys that project really well for like four, five, six defensemen. Whereas Pert, like he's got a long ways to go to kind of reach that ceiling that we have for him. Yep. Yeah, and Hoppy was the lowest on him, thirteen. Sound the Falkhorn guys were consensus again here at ten. Sucks. Uh, Sucks. Isha at twelve. Uh, Z at eleven. So again, all kind of right in that same. Kind of like this 10 to 13 range that a lot of these guys fall into for us. Yeah, well, that's the good thing about, uh, you know, guys being in college is it gives you the four years there to, uh, you know, develop before you got to make a decision on signing them or not. So it's got the time. I wouldn't be shocked yeah, Justin, if this is last gonna, year, right? What's that? You were about to, you're about to go. Uh, well, I was just saying, he, I was going to talk about him a little bit. Uh, I mean, I felt like he was good at starting rushes in the neutral zone um, and managing the point and kind of plays a disruptive style on the defensive side. Uh, has a really high hockey IQ. Um, I mean, it'll be good to see him build off of his freshman season. I got to watch a, a few of his games because I had NCHC TV and 
a huge UMD guy, so that's the main reason I had it. But uh, when they'd play SCH, SCSU, I would I would you know try and pay attention to him too on top of the Bulldogs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how his sophomore season goes. I, I felt like he had a pretty solid season, 17 points in 32 games. So you know, former Mister Hockey, hashtag one of us too. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, Baki, Zam Plant, going to be a penguin. Hey. Come on, you're going to cheer with me, right? I was hoping we'd draft them just for uh, the Hermantown Duluth, <laughs> uh, pipeline type thing. But, uh, you Hermantown know, Academy. Yeah. I can root for them in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I got to say, dude, I think like with Pert, Peart, however the fuck. Uh, if you know how it's said, let us know. None of us know. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. Uh, he kind of like drove me nuts this season tracking his games. Like he's so interesting to me. Like, first of all, as a true freshman at St. Cloud, a top five program at times this year, number one in the country, he puts up 17 points in 32 games, which is really good for a first year college player playing again. St. Cloud's an older team too. So like this is an 18 year old kid fitting right in doing his thing. But like, it was so weird. Like, Carrying the puck up the ice, whether it's like just exits or transition in the in his own end and through the neutral zone, he was elite. Like he just was. I don't think I saw him lose the puck one time. He'd get the puck where it needs to go in terms of being a transporter, like high end. Then he hit the offensive zone and all of the creativity, all of the deception that he was showing off, carrying the puck up the ice disappeared where he's dumping it into the corners or shooting it off the wall, hoping for a rebound. I think he probably racked up five assists, just taking slap shots off the wall and it bounced out to Sam Hentges that he would tuck. And I was like, but where does that all, like it drove me nuts. But then there are some games that he would completely turn around. There was on, there was one against North Dakota. I think he had like three points right before the world juniors. And he was the best player on the ice. They won like eight to two. Um, so it's just so weird. I like there were times where I was like, there, that's that's the kid that everyone's super high on. And then again, there's the creativity would just die in the offensive zone. I don't know if that's just a product of him being 18, playing um, his first year in college hockey. Um, beers. <laughs> but there it was just so much to like everywhere else on the ice. But again, that does generally translate. If you can like we've said I've said this a thousand times now, like making life easy on your forwards where they don't have to go get the puck. Like, Oh, Pert's back there. We're good. And that stretch pass too is elite. Like there were, I think like three of his assists probably came from these like hundred foot stretch passes from behind his own net. And it's like, okay, so there it is. So for, and like the last thing that drove me nuts is he took so many stupid penalties where it was like tripping, hooking. Like I think every single one was a sticking, like a stick infraction. That was like, dude, but you're, you're a fit right the wild. Yeah, I know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then they won't kill the penalty and it's fine. Uh, so he's actually, he, he might sign, you know, he actually might not go back. He might just sign and join the squad. But yeah. um, it was so weird. Cause it was like the skating so good. And like, he just, there were times where they like, couldn't keep that gap and it would just be a really dumb stick penalty. And I was like, dude, you're driving me nuts here, but he's very intriguing. He has all the tools that you really, really like. I think like just based on the year, I was conflicted between like watching him and what, I, what I saw versus like, the actual point totals and everything like that and how high everyone else was. So that's why I put him right around that 10. Yep. And again, we dug with, with the tools, like he has the tools you bet on and it does translate generally to the national hockey league, but it is, it was such a weird year for me watching St. Cloud. He, he also got hurt. So um, like hit or miss, but um, I like Pert a lot. It was just a very odd first year. This is, this will be a big one for him for sure. Yeah, yeah. To me, it feels like him and hate are kind of in that same boat of like a lot of great tools. Now go mm -hmm. out and, use them like go and be confident mm -hmm. take over the game in the way you know that you can right. um 
th- those for the and for that reason, those two are my you know kind of my two prospects. I I think that I, if I had to bet on another year, that'll be higher up than they started. I think it's those two. Um, this next guy, I think, is a guy that collectively, not just the six of us here, but I think everyone in the state of hockey wants to see take the next big step forward, um, and that's Adam Beckman. Uh, left winger, We've he's been in the systems. I think he's pretty much, you know, he's one of the good things that was left behind by Paul Fenton. Um, same draft as Matt, or, uh, no, not as Matt Boldy, as uh, Philip Johansson. He was the third-round pick that year. Jack McBain out of that draft as well, I think 2018. Um Got a slight cup of coffee in the NHL last year. Great preseason. Got three regular season games. Had an assist on a game-tying goal with like 1.2 seconds left, I think, against Pittsburgh. Um, and then never saw the NHL again. Didn't make the black aces. Um, was basically pigeonholed into a shit role in Iowa. It's like very mm-hmm. Kevin Fiala-like of Fiala's kind of first years here. We're like, hey, we're going to put you with these just shitty bottom six guys who literally can't create offense for you and then expect you to do it all by yourself and then be a little upset when you don't score. Um, I think part of that comes from the fact that he literally shot like five, I think it was like five and a half percent this year, which is for a guy of his shooting caliber will not, um, what will not be a trend. I think that that'll climb up for him, you know, eight, 10%. Um, but a, a really good development camp for him. Um, you know, I think he's got a legit chance, especially with the injury to Greenway, um, to crack this roster, um, at least to start the year and be kind of the first guy in their back pocket should someone go down this year. The offensive talent is there. It's just a matter of, I think, for him, the confidence and actually finding the back of the net and really converting all those shots into goals. Yeah. And yeah. To a, oh, go ahead, sir. Oh, you're good, man. No, I was just going to say to kind of go off on what you said, Brett, with the low shooting percentage looked it up and he was 10th in the HL in shots on goal and everyone else uh, pretty much after that had the minimum of like 20 goals. So yeah. I think, you know, what you said with luck, there's definitely a thing. And, uh, and I mean, I think, you know, the other thing that's just exciting about him is I think we saw it in some of the social media posts from development camp and even heard it last year. It just seems to be a really confident uh, kid, confident player. I mean, obviously maybe that was a little shaken this year, but seemed to just have the energy of, you know, He's not just going to sit back. Seems like it just, you know, like he acts, he knows, acts like he belongs there and his confidence abilities, which I think, you know, obviously is, is key. And, uh, and hopefully that, hopefully that wasn't, you know, shaken too much by struggling to score, uh, you know, in his first pro year last year. Yeah. And, uh, this is different for me because up until more recently, like I haven't been the highest on Beckman. I've always thought like he was a Mm -hmm. good prospect, but kind Mm -hmm. of dogged him compared to consensus. And for me, man, being a Billy Guerin disciple coming over (laughs) from Pittsburgh, like he won't say it because no one will ask him, but he loves Adam Beckman. He's obsessed with Adam Beckman. This is a guy that you already mentioned it. Like he looked great in the preseason last year, like shows that he can play that kind of game. I'm not going to put too much stock into it, but Bill Guerin taking a guy like that and throwing him into the, you know, quote unquote third pair or third line type role, like teaching him how to play defense. He's grooming him into being a Brian Rust light, who's a guy that he can literally bring up and you look at him like he can play anywhere one through four in the lineup. Like mm-hmm. he can play on any line. He's going to be your Swiss army knife and subtle things like making it team Beckman. Like that's not something that Bill Guerin does lightly. That's his way of saying like, dude, I just raked you over the coals. Like this was all for something like you're still our guy. You're going to have a chance here. Keep it going. And I, I just think that 
that's something that's hard to find sometimes. The guy that you can really throw in anywhere in your lineup. And I just, I don't know, again, maybe I'm putting too much into this, but I feel like this is a guy that Garen is way bigger on than people are talking about. I, I like how you said Swiss Army enough because he torched the WHO. Like, there's nothing more that he could have learned from that league. He dominated in every area. And, like, Z, correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't have too many bad habits in the WHO. He kind of just dominated. So, yeah, him and Ty that, Smith great... just made a joke of everybody else in that league that year. Yeah. So, like, Hoppy, I love what you said there. Like, depending on how the Wild want to mold him, like, I feel like he, you know, he's up for that challenge. The tools are there. And just one. I mean, Sasky boy, I don't know if you guys even know where Nippon is, but anyone who plays or, like, comes from that Nippon area, even play a little hockey there, like, they got a little extra edge to them, okay? Like, my buddy played junior hockey in Nippon, and he's like, yeah, okay. Like, that, it's a hard place to play. And I know he only had, like, a cup of coffee there, but I imagine, like, you know, since it's even, you know, on his hockey DB, probably trained there a little bit. And, like, that's, that's a part of Saskatchewan where, like, they're crazy with their hockey and, like, He's a tough motherfucker, so like I- I'm excited to see this guy develop. Nipple wand is that near Grand Tetons or? I thought he was saying nipple wand. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> Don't make fun of the name, guys. <laughs> Anyways, I'm- I'll say one thing: like the thing with Adam Beckman, like uh, like you said, his shooting percentage was. I I know I have watched him hit at least 13 crossbars. First of all, a very funny. Uh, audible f bomb guy, where you know, like in a stepbrother, it's like, are you saying pow or pa? He like says fuck, and it just doesn't stop, but it's a super high pitch, so it's very funny. So a big fan of that. That's what, you know that was gonna it's gonna put him up in my rankings all it the helps, time. Yeah. But um, super wrong. unlucky. And like, I was totally on board with Tim Army putting him in a middle six or bottom six role just to like. If you're going to make it in the NHL, you can't just be a sniper, which was yep. what he was for a long time. That's fine. But then there were a lot of nights where I was looking at some of the kids they're putting in that top six. And it was like, really? You're going to put him with Cody McLeod and Brandon Baddock? Like, what does he get out of this? Legitimately, what does he get? Because they can't do shit in the defensive zone. They don't have the puck ever. What's that kid doing? Yeah. For, so, for our okay. younger listeners, basically, he was on a line with Nick Delorier and like Victor Rask. <laughs> well, Z, I, I genuinely believe that like Tim Army makes the majority of the decisions down there. I still think the decision to put him in the bottom six, middle six, whatever we want to label it, I think that's Bill Guerin. I had a big, huge, massive problem with Tim Army's interview with Russo. Like, big problem with the way that he talked about Beckman. Because, you know, if you don't want to have him the black aces, that's fine. Like, he had a rough year statistically. He said something like, Give go shoot the pucks in your driveway or something. That, I, I, I know, like, dude. What? Did, and, like, wasn't even that. He goes, we wanted to put him with guys like Vadik McLeod, guys that would give him more space on the ice. And I was like, <laughs> fucking to do what? <laughs> See, but that, that to me... See, it's, that tells it's, me he's like, yeah, this wasn't my decision. I'm just trying to come up with a reason, but no I, I made no yeah. call here. It's like, it's like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air gif where the guy's like standing on the living room just like looking around. It's like Beckman's it trying to find help in the offensive zone. I'm telling you, I watched every Iowa game this season. That line did not pass the puck to each other one time. There was zero. Like, I'm telling you, the, the, the amount of times that they connected a pass was zero. So I was like, Beckman's setting a pass Beckman the slot and Cody McLeod's punching a guy's jaw out. 
Baddock, there was one rush where Baddock was legitimately just in the offensive zone. There's a there's a three on two, and Baddock just drops his gloves and tries to fight a guy. I was like, what are you, what are you doing? And then Beckman rang the crossbar, but then the play died because Baddock was just beating yeah. someone's face in for no reason. I was like, okay, so what does that space translate to? What is this doing for him? Like, he doesn't have the buck. Fuck. Like, like so what's the space good for? And then he says, we told him to go home and shoot pucks in his driveway and envision game scenarios. So, what, like with a fake sheet of ice in his driveway? Put the UFC game funny. on in the background so he can shoot pucks in here, like fighting hey, in the hey, background. Hey, you know the one part of your game that you're legitimately elite at? We need you to go just go work on that by yourself in your driveway. We need, you go, we need you to go hang with Ovi and Ovi Jr. Go get some I was, TikTok fucking No, no, hey, hey, have you heard of that Sidney Crosby kid? I hear he shoots at his uh, washing machine <laughs> in the basement. I, like, maybe try that. I will say our, our, uh, our good friend Jesse Pierce did an article on Wild.com today um, just about Beckman, and they did have something in there about his shooting not in response to that particular quote, but basically he said kind of the discussion that he's had and kind of his focus has been being more pointed with his shots in the sense of like, don't just shoot to shoot, shoot to score, shoot to pick a spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's something he's really been focusing on coming in a development camp that he talked about, thought about over the summer. Um, so I think that alone, just that mentality, it's in his mind too. So I mean, maybe I mean, that's I, a part of it and it wasn't alluded sure to that way, fair. but it, it was I'm a sure fair, the ball in his driveway the to the net way. helped Brett. Like I'm the sure the ball hockey helps. Okay. Yeah. Like, fuck. <laughs> Imagine telling a kid that's trying to make the NHL, hey, go to your driveway, envision game scenarios, and where the goalie's going to be. Just doing play-by-play play play of the street hockey the ball. Better. I was like, Dude, really? I... That's... You had a lot of time to prepare for this interview, and you know some question was coming about Adam Beckman playing yep. on the third and fourth line, and that's what you come up with. And by the way, he said he doesn't have a checking line. And I was like, what the, what the fuck is Cody McLeod and Brandon McLeod doing, or Brandon Baddock doing on the ice? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, all they do is – Skate a thousand miles an hour and just run into the boards, whether there's someone there or not. Like that sounds like a check. Just keep winding him up, guys. Just keep winding him up. The good news is now is uh, Cody McLeod's now a player development coach and will no longer be a line mate option for. I can't wait till him and Hendricks go scout a game together and just start fighting. (laughs) They'll probably wear the gloves of the game and just drop them like glove shake from across the arena. Like yeah, but anyways. Well, let's wrap up Beckman here because we still have eight more prospects to get to, and I'm sure. I know. I was supposed to sell a guitar in an amp. I told the chick not tonight. (laughs) So. Uh, let's move into the next player, another left winger, um, a guy that just screams to me, Matt Boldy's opposite winger for like 10 years to come, um, and that's Liam Ogren. Um, <clears throat> drafted 19th overall by the Wild this year, a player they probably would have taken at 24, but they weren't confident he was going to drop. Um, but again, a guy that just, we talked about him quite a bit on Sound the Foghorn. I know, Z, you talked quite a bit about him um, on your most recent Soda Pods. Maybe you don't have to spend too much time here, but... The long story short on this kid, he scores. He can, again, great hands, really smart offensively, good size. Um, everything falls well for him. A very potential to be a legitimate top six forward at best. And his floor, I think, is pretty safely a top nine forward. Like, this kid is going to play in the NHL. Torched the Swedish Junior League. Torched like, it. absolutely, like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, man. man he it, just it was unreal. The, he just broke the record for points per game uh, among draft-eligible prospects with – 1.93 in that league, so he beat Pedersen and that Dalton kids. Fucking he's gonna be fun combined one year, I think. Jesus, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was everybody and then yeah. nobody, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, like, you want to talk about, like, I was saying earlier, like, Pavel Novak this year comes in as a, pro- a power play guy. That's where he gets mm-hmm. all his cookies at. And, like, Liam Ugrin, he puts up 30, I think 30 in the regular season. In the 33. J20. 33. Was it 33? 30, it's 33 games. 28 at even strength. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple subtle plays in that 3v3, too. We call that the Ryan Hartman the, special. Yeah, I believe well, that. Hartman's a little bit more of a psycho, um, you know. But, uh, love, love both of them. By the way, Hartman's dad's a lunatic too. Uh, Dude's fantastic. He gets buckles. Um, anyways, this is uh, this, he's not in our rankings. Uh, but Liam Oker, like again, I've said this before. Like the three big Swedes that everyone was talking about in between in between ten and twenty, it was Oslin, Lekaramaki, and uh, Ugrin. And, like, for me, there's a little bit more flash in the other two. And also, Lekarabaki, he translated it to scoring in the SHL. I think he had, like, 7 and 20-something games, which is, like, legitimately unbelievable for a draft-eligible kid on a terrible team, a team that got relegated. Um, but if those two guys don't excel in the, at the National Hockey League level at their strengths, I don't really know what their floor is. Like, I can't see them playing – I can't see them killing penalties. I can't see them, like, playing a bottom-six role. Ugrin's just well-rounded. He does everything at a high level. And, you know, some of the defensive stuff, some of the work along the wall, some of, like, the more minute parts of the game he definitely needs to work on. He's still a little bit raw in that in that respect. But he has all the tools, and he's very smart, where it's like, yeah, so, like, you're, it's an 18-year-old kid. Like, perfect. Like, he's got plenty of runway. Yep. And this year is going to be huge for him. He's going to be playing in the, a hockey all Svenskin where they're trying to get your garden back to the SHL. And they're going to be playing all of those kids, and they're going to be playing with all that pride. If you know, if you want to put any stock into that, but he's going to get a really good look. He's going to get a ton of ice time playing pro hockey. He just signed, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does one and then comes over and challenges for AHL NHL time. Um, well, but he's just see, such I'm, a well-rounded curious, guy. Though, quick, so throughout the whole uh, draft stream that we did, and granted, I had several. Years, but we all did. I feel like you were talking Six about hours. the other two a lot more, and I didn't really hear Ugrin come up until like at the Wilds pick. You're like, oh yeah, he's one of the guys they'll probably take. I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck this is. Like, why were you talking more about those two than him? The, even the other right two now, are the like, consensus better players. Okay. Yeah, they were like Mackenzie had Lekaramaki in the top ten, which I thought a was lot psychotic. of people did. I think. Excuse I mean, me. Like, what like what? <laughs> don't like, you sure. dare don't you dare <laughs> and like i thought Lekaramaki on the face of it that's a really good pick for vancouver at 15 but not when ogren's sitting right there like i just mm-hmm. everything that ogren does translate so much better at the national hockey league level if only a vancouver like had a, a good uh director of scouting yeah if only they had a guy like judd bracket or something it was very good for them. i'm happy he's um, with the wild why are you doing this to me <laughs> it's like singing, it's like kid, it's like dude, you know i'm you're... telling you i'm telling you like even if he's in a middle six role if he's in a third line he's still gonna put up like 25 like it's just it's easy he's got one of the best shots in the draft i think there's a little bit more to be had with his playmaking if he would just like keep the puck on a stick a little bit more like you love when he plays with pace but it's sometimes it's like you don't have to. Like you can like keep it a little bit and like, you know, whatever. But he does a little bit of everything in the offensive zone. And like I said, just like the more minute parts of the game, like there's that's every prospect that ever gets drafted in their in their draft year. They all have to work on that. There's almost no prospects that are perfect hockey players yeah. that come through. And you so, and you said he's playing division two uh like Swedish Pro League next year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, well, all those kids are really league. fun. That's yeah, a, it's really a good, fun league. Really good league. Yeah. Yeah. He's putting up like three a game, though, right? Yeah. I just mm-hmm. can't wait to watch Matt was... Boldy enter the zone with control, create space, dish off to Ogren, Ogren snipe. It's I'm telling you, I, like, I just see a line of like Ogren, Erickson, Eck, and Boldy. Oh. Like, you have a little bit of everything on that line. You have Boldy and Erickson, Eck, who are elite defensively. It'll be a more off. Then... It'll, it'll be like the grief line, but with a little more offense and maybe a little less defense. Mm-hmm. But they're still going to piss you I, off to I, shit. I love, I love Ogren. Like, he's yeah. just such a good player. <laughs> and again, like, Oslin and Lekaramaki, they were the kids that had all the hype just because. They're just so much more flashy, but even Ogren too. Like, there was one assist. I forget who. I think it was against Latvia in the U18s, or it was just like no look, scan from behind the net, and just finds Olsen for a one timer, like completely against the green. So he's just super dynamic, and I mean, you can see it in the stat line, the J20. Yeah. I mean, that league was a joke for that kid, <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to see to watch him next year in the All Spence. I'm gonna have to actually buy that package. Yeah. <laughs> There. I'm going to yeah. have to buy that package. Add it to the repertoire. <laughs> well, moving on here. Yes, folks, we finally have a center um, not named Marco Rossi in the top 10 prospects. Get to Ew. know the name because you're going to like watch them. It's Murat Huznadinov. <laughs> um, probably the best name in the entire wild prospect pool. Um, short King absolutely freaking flies up and down the ice. Great speed. Um if he doesn't make in the top six offensively, he's going to be a legitimate shutdown third line forward. Great defense. Um, we'll be playing in the KHL for Scott, one of the best teams over there in the KHL. Um, there's a lot to like here. Son the Foghorn a little bit higher in him. We had him at 5-5-6. Five, five, and six. Uh, The guy's soda pod just a hair lower, 7-8-7 seven, seven over there. But, again, a guy we all really like. Um, and my guess is you guys are maybe just a little bit more skeptical of the offensive upside, um, or maybe the three of us are a little bit more in the realm of we think that'll come. Um, and to me, no, the I reason just don't I... know if he'll ever be let in the country. That's my serious sure. note. It's like I have yeah, no, no idea if this guy's ever going to play in North America, so we'll leave it that. That's well, to, to me, he's also like a year off light where it's like we know that the skill is there, but I want to see him do it for a full season in the KHL exactly. before I'm going to anoint him. Like, yeah. I H- love the player. I was, ex- yeah, I was, I was pumped <laughs> well, when he got drafted, yeah. but like, I want to yeah. see it. Yeah. Well, well, or even well, realistically in the AHL, if all this shit in Russia wasn't going down, right? Like, yeah. Well, well, maybe, maybe, or maybe a one more. Year. I think he has contract is is it one year left or two years left? I think Whatever. it's two. two yeah. Because yeah. wasn't he playing? I think he was close to point per game or something through the first eight, nine, ten games, and then all of a sudden he's not playing. And he's like, I want to come to the United States. How's that work? Yeah. Yeah. It's because he got his contract. Oh. He got more minutes. He went from the first line to the fourth line when he said he wanted to come over, and then he got more minutes once. <laughs> yep. Doubled his time in the KHL last year after he signed his contract. Stupid, but. Yeah, tell you, it was eight I mean, hours. It was eight hours Scott. after he signed. It was eight hours after he extended it in Russia. All of a sudden, he was their second line center. He played sixty minutes that night. It was an absolute fucking joke. I was I was losing my shit. I was like, These <laughs> I love who's the dude of dude. Like any chance I get to talk about him, the first thing I say, if I could pay money to just to watch him bag skate, I would. Like the skating is absurd. It's like the thing with him. I do wonder about the offense, which might limit his like top six potential, but it is there because you see the flashes of those hands of the super, super high hockey IQ. The thing with him oh, is yeah. he is, he's listed as five ten. I think there's no way he's, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if he's five nine. He is tiny. So, but the thing with him is it doesn't even really matter if he ends up being a center. Like he's just as effective from the wing. 
He's he's five eleven on uh, on elite prospects. Uh, no, yeah, shot. no, not 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 a chance in hell. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, we, we got to throw it out though for uh, wild takes. Dev uh, apparently somehow his name loosely translates to piss missile. So yeah, in theory, yeah, allegedly. in theory, yeah. But, I think oh, if you if you go to elite prospects, I think if you actually click on his draft profile, he's listed at five nine. So I like it. Like, Your guys' first there. mistake is elite prospects, but anyways. Yeah, sure. It's the first um, thing that pops up in Google. Fuck you. you guys are but this is a kid that there's no way he just doesn't become an effective National Hockey League player. Like I, I said it before, his yeah. absolute <laughs> floor, like floor, is Nico Sturm, which I think we'd all be fine with too, because we all love Nico Sturm here, but. Um, I do see that. there there is offensive upside. <laughs> I just don't see him as like a guy that's ever going to challenge like 60, 70, 80 points. But yeah. like super high hockey IQ, incredible skater. Right now, just due to the role he's thrown into, the points don't really pop aside from the first fucking 10 games of the year when he's like <laughs> got 12 points. And then they're like, yeah, fuck you. You, you want to go to USA? <sighs> Never. Uh, but right now he just struggles to get to the inside of the ice a little bit. But after the KHL season ended, they sent him down to the MHL for the playoffs. So he only played in the last three games of the championship. It's like the fight, like the Stanley Cup of the MHL. They made him captain, which was very funny. He just comes in and give him the seat. And him, I think it was like him, Shibrikov, and um, and Mitchkov, and they torched every like it was an absolute video game fucking Mitchkov scored a lacrosse goal in the final like it <laughs> but it was like so he plays really well with really good players and even when he was playing three four five minutes a night he was pretty much like living in the defensive zone and if they even thought about like crossing the blue line like someone would physically throw him back into the bench like don't even think about it well dude we'll uh, see him in the world juniors i'm fucking pumped like and he was out there when he was playing three four minutes a night like if they were up two one he was out there to take the face off in the defensive zone to win yep. the puck back so yeah, he can win so face off that he's gonna succeed you, like he's just a kid that succeeds no matter what what odds would you give it that he plays center in the nhl it's 50-50 right now, yeah. honestly. Yeah. It really is. Just I, I could see him, too, almost being like a, you know, maybe like a Bukestead where, like, maybe he, mm-hmm. like, when play is live, he plays the wing, but maybe a guy on a strong side, they have him take lots of face-offs because he can win And draws. if you want to talk about, like, a good tool to have on, like, a penalty kill where you have a bunch of guys out there that can win face-offs, like, that's... Or the I mean, fucking power play. Minnesota, anybody that can win a face-off would be good, you know? <laughs> uh, but I love Houston Dino. He's awesome. Yeah. Really good player. Awesome prospect. All right. So moving on to our next guy, I'm not even going to say a word. I'm just going to hand the floor to this guy's number one fan, the ultimate truther, right defenseman, Callan Addison, Hoppy, take us away. You had him number one. You have 10 minutes, by the way. You only have 10 minutes. I don't know if you can do it. (laughs) Never heard of him. You had him at number one on your list, whether fully serious or not. It was almost an obligation for you to Uh, have Callan Addison It's mostly serious. Let's put it this way. For me, I would put him in the top three. You can put it in any order for me. I have him, Rossi, and Lambos as my top three. And for me, man, Kalen Addison, I've had a crush on him since he was in Pittsburgh. Like, got drafted in the second round. Jesse Marshall, who Isha and I follow as gospel, that guy was like, this is he's basically how you Pittsburgh's get a first Russo. round. Oh, dude, he's awesome. And – he basically said, this is how you get a first-round pick when you don't have a first-round pick. And just the way that Kalen Addison plays the game, like, he's not a big dude, but Z will be the first to tell you, guy is a fucking maniac. Like, his wires cross so fucking quick, oh, real fast. whether it's with the players or with the refs. 
but for me, this is the first guy in a long time that I see as a power play one quarterback. Like yep. he has everything in the tools, in the IQ. And I don't care this year, even if you throw him on a third pairing and give him like what, 12 to 14 minutes, but then give him like damn near all the power play time. That makes a huge difference for your team. Spurgeon. We all love him. He's our captain, great defenseman, always underrated by people outside Minnesota. He shouldn't be on your first power play unit. He absolutely shouldn't. And Kalen Addison is a way better fit for that in my mind. But whether he stays with Minnesota or not, because I'm still a little skeptical on that, sadly, I'll be pretty hurt. But this is a guy that projects, along with Lambos, as being a top four defenseman for any NHL team. Yeah, I loved what we saw in small sample this year. Like, I still remember there was a shift during his stint up here against Colorado when the Wild beat him with, like, Kaprizov got the two goals late, where Addison got the puck at the blue line, beat, like, three guys down the wing, took around the net, power moved, and, like, hit a guy in the slot. I think they ended up scoring a goal, but it's like, holy shit, like, we haven't seen a Wild defenseman activate like that. Like in a long time, and granted, Since like Pateri Newmelin, yeah, hey. like he, his skating is great. Like if you want to watch something fun, watch Kalen Addison walk a blue line. Um, the way he can possess the puck, keep his feet moving. Like the warts, I think, still are. You know, you, you talk about the wires crossing, the discipline issues, and he is a, like to put it bluntly, he's a liability defensively. Um, but I think in a third pairing against a softer matchup, I mean, ideally, you probably don't want to put it with an Alex Goligoski, who's a defensive wart in his own right. Um, but I think like a John Merrill on the third pair with him is fine. Um, I think he could play with Brodeen if the Wild were to move on with Dumba. Um, Pairing I, of the future, Brett. <laughs> Pairing of the future is Middleton and Addison. <laughs> It'd be a fun one too. Oh, that um, would be it's like it's like you go back to uh, kicking and screaming. They're forming the mega person. Yeah. yeah no, I mean he, this. The tools are there. It just seems for some reason the Wild are hesitant to put their trust in them, and I I really hope this year they do, and I'm hope. You know, not that I wish injured anyone, but I'm hoping maybe that Merrill injury lingers a little bit so Kalen Addison can get a real look. Um, and I think maybe, it, I don't know if he'll start um, on the first power play unit, but I mean, the Wild desperately could use some support on the second unit um, where it's been Jonas Brodeen, who's not known for his offense, you know, and Matt Dumbo, who's regressed. Like, they don't have a lot of options there. Um, and I think it could really help, you know, if you can get even him and a Rossi or maybe it is a Beckman to start the year. Like, I think that suddenly makes your second power play all of a sudden a lot more exciting. Um, gives those other guys a chance to maybe rest and hopefully just in general improves the power play. Yeah, make our second power play line exciting, but I felt like they scored more than our first power play this year for some reason. <laughs> I love when his wires cross, I'll be honest with you. It's very entertaining. <laughs> like, a lot of times it's very dumb. He, he did definitely, like, Iowa was by far the least disciplined team in the AHL, like I'm telling you, I've never seen one hockey team throughout the course of a year have so many guys have multiple uh, misconduct penalties for abuse of official. I think Addison took like three. Cremorosa, <laughs> I think, had about nine or ten. It was insane. Mermis pretended to cut a ref's head off with a stick, got tossed. Uh, so Addison, like at times, would like go into that. But then there, like, there was one play where like this dude is like six three, like half chopped them behind the knee, like. Like dirty, but not crazy. And Addison just turned around without even seeing who it was, dropped his gloves, and just started punching the dude in the face. I was like, <laughs> this kid's a psychopath. But, but like you said, he's got so many tools and it's so tantalizing. It's just 
if he can't round out the defensive game a little bit better um, and become more of just an offensive power play threat, he's going to struggle to be a 20-minute defenseman in the National Hockey League. He's going to struggle to be a top-end guy. But if he's paired with the right partner, that's a kid that you can rely on for a long time. And there are times where he is like a little bit of a mini Matt Dumbo where it's the the skating, yep. um, you know, just the the – he might be little, but he's throwing these massive hits, and he's very fun. But he's a kid. They don't really have a ton like those power play threats like Addison in their prospect pool, and he is very intriguing. Um, it's just he does have a little bit of a little bit of refinement still to be had, and I I think he literally looked way better in the NHL than he did at the start of the AHL season. Once he went down and stayed in the AHL, he was absurd. Like he was elite in the AHL when he finally got sent down the first year. It just wasn't for the first half of the year. It was bad, like just objectively bad, uh, but he was really good at the NHL level. And then he went back down for the final time. He was, he was one of their, one of the best defensemen I watched in the league. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's maybe it's time to just give him that run in the NHL and let him develop the, those skills that way and put him with the right partner. But um He's a high-end prospect for sure, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes for them to just give him that time at the NHL level because he's definitely a big part of their future, and he's an asset they don't really have a whole lot of in their pool. Yeah, to me this year, he either needs to play a ton or you got to give him a chance somewhere else and capitalize before you crater his value. Yeah, um, And I'm hoping that they give him the chance because I think he can be really good. I think he, like, like you said, Z, like he checks a lot of the boxes of the things they don't have. That mobile, right shot, power play, offensive defenseman. Like, I think it's what a lot of us kind of thought and hoped <laughs> we wanted Dumba to be. Um, but I, I think he'll get there, and I'm really hoping that, you know, to start the year, we've heard mumblings that, you know, he might get a look. So he's obviously got to go out and camp and got to earn it, but um, I think he's going to come in hungry, and I, I, th- I think he'll do it. All right. Well, that will do it for the talk on Kellen Addison. We got high hopes for him this year. We know Hoppy will be his number one fan, cheering him along the whole way. Um, but overtaking uh, Kellen Addison as the second best uh, defensive prospect in the pool is the newly acquired in the Kevin Fiala trade. Um, one of Minnesota's own Brock Faber, another right shot defenseman, ranked 6'6 six, six by Zeke and I. Uh, he comes in at seven on Justin's list, eight on Isha's rank, four on Hoppy's list, and then five on Z's list. So a little bit, I think we're also trying to figure out, now that we're going to be watching a little more closely, exactly where he fits into kind of this higher-end group of players. Um, but a lot to like here. You know, we talked you know, about a couple of these guys, the, the Perts, the O'Rourke's, the Husendinovs, the Ogrens, games that just feel like they have the ability to very seamlessly transition to the NHL. Um, Faber certainly fits that category. And to me, I would not be surprised if that's a little bit sooner rather than later. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's not a guy that's going to bring you a lot of offense, but he'll suffocate you defensively. Uh, I feel like, like we mentioned in a prior show, like a diet, <laughs> diet Jonas Brodeen. With, with the um, utmost of, of compliment, right. yeah, a, a exactly. diet Brodeen. Yeah. I was just yeah. named the, the captain of the golfers and got to represent the U S at the Olympics. Very good skating ability. Uh, seems like a guy, like I said, that could be a, like a top four potential. Um, I feel like he was a, a pretty good return along with uh, the drafted Uger and for Fiala. So I mean, uh, it'll be fun to watch him with the golfers. Even though I'm not a golfers fan, uh, it'll be fun <laughs> to watch the golfers this year. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously the big question is whether he's, you know, develops the offense. You know, that probably doesn't even matter if he's, 
you know, even a fraction of as good as Brodeen was, you, you know, you can deal with if he's only going to get you, you know, 20 points every year. But I will say, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I know he wasn't as high on my list as a couple of you guys had him, but I am pretty pumped about him. I mean, he it's uh, from Maple Grove, same place I was. I mean, I've heard, kind of heard great things about him for years, pretty much since he was like twelve. Um, I remember, you know, in, in when he was in Bantams and all this, uh, you know, he's talked about the best, you know, player in his age group, probably from Minnesota. So I think, you know, I've kind of been curious just to see, you know, kind of his uh, development, kind of unfold over the last few years now and obviously very exciting to have him uh with the wild but i think uh and i think like you said brett uh, it kind of seems to be potentially a, a dumbbell replacement on that second pair here maybe in the next couple of years but uh you know like, like justin said if he's a you guys probably know a little bit more about this game overall but just seems to be a another maybe not uh as sexy player in terms of the you know the the call point column production and all that but uh a really uh, high-end guy with his uh, skills and what he's good at. Yeah, I mean, I already anointed uh, a baby Rust. This is pretty much a baby Brodine for me. And Z, mm -hmm. maybe this is a stretch. You're the expert on this. But to me, he's a Charlie McAvoy with less offensive upside. I think uh, in the realm of like elite five-on-five -five defensemen, yes. I think they're they're pretty different. Just like McAvoy's got a lot more like sandpaper and like fuck you to his game, and obviously there's a whole lot more offense, especially a five v five. But a lot more in the offense. realm of like elite defensive five on five defenseman, unbelievably reliable, high end skating, super high IQ. And again, we talk about this with the Minnesota Wild defensive prospects transporting the puck up the ice, whether it's with a first pass or whether it's a controlled exit carrying the puck. Like, that's your guy in Brock Faber, and that's the way he chips in on offense and facilitates offense that way. Like, this kid is absurd. Like, it is – he is – again, he's a kid that's going to play forever in the NHL, and people just won't talk about him because he's not going to put up – you know, he's, I'd be shocked if he hits 30 points. I think there is a little bit more offense there than, than people give him credit for just with how smart he is, especially in the offensive zone. The puck is always going to go where it needs to be. Um, but I've said this earlier in this podcast about seven hours ago – the second that they acquired him, I was like, well, there's a shutdown pair. You have him and O'Rourke together for 10 years. Like, that is, like, there you go. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this is how good he is defensively. If you put him with the right partner, like, there's no reason he can't be a really good compliment on a first pair, too, just because he is that elite defensively. I mean, this is a kid who just won Defensive Player of the Year for the Big Ten. So, um, I and love Brock Faber. And the fact they got him. Was he an Olympian as well this year, along with? Yeah, he played in the Olympics and he looked And looked great, really but... good really yeah. good he was probably i think he was probably their most used defenseman in yeah. the olympics <laughs> oh. so i mean like super reliable mm -hmm. super smart elite defensively um so in that mold he fits the charlie mcavoy five on five elite defensively and i'm uh, this is a kid like yeah. he'll be an analytical darling defensively like forever in the nhl i so, love my blue check um, i'm i'm obsessed with 19 him. for fiala like people are all like i hate this pet this trade return i'm like how like, no, how, how, how right that, like his floor is a number four in the nhl well that's that's it for me right guy. that's that's why i put him at four in my rankings because he is a lock to play yeah. a long NHL career, yep. right? Like, there's other guys that might surpass him in value. He is a lock, like Z yeah. said. Like, his floor is middle pair defenseman. So, yeah. And Brett, you said it before the whole sooner rather than later. Like, it, this is a kid you wouldn't be shocked as soon as Minnesota season ends if he's depending on the I whole think he will sign immediately. 
and then like go play, like get a look, get a couple yeah. games. If, so, if they like, have, if it works out that way, because I know the right now that the we should be back on normal schedule and, and like the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if it works out, then like I guess depending how far they go too, and what the cap situation is, and how like, many contracts for the twenty three well, twenty four season. They'll make it to the four and embarrass us. So yeah. Don't worry. For like the twenty three twenty four season, like if he is on the third pairing, I would not be shocked. Right. Yeah. Because again, it's game already translates yeah. to the NHL. Like it just does. For so. Sure. Uh, we get to see him again in a few weeks in world juniors too so like fucking right i keep forgetting that that's coming up isn't he gonna play for team usa again probably no no i don't don't know if he will just because there are a lot of kids that like teams aren't sending like really is he one of them i haven't heard no he's not he's 19 well and they're giving this would be exempt it would be if you were eligible for the 2021 yeah. you're gonna I be suppose, able to yeah, this yeah. yeah that again no one said he wasn't on the team yeah. and it's just a continuation and he only played two games with them you know a few months ago so yeah. i'm just pumped regardless well, a defenseman that we likely wow. will get to see play in the world juniors and our consensus pretty much across the board highest best defenseman in the prospect pool and i Second think of the top team. end prospects this is a guy i don't think we talk about enough um, and that's Carson Lambos, a left defenseman who self-identifies as a two-way defenseman. And if you watch the film, if you read the scouting reports, um, that will match up exactly with what he is. This is a guy that can play a 200-foot game. Again, like all the like take all, like a lot of the best aspects of the Brock Fabers, of the Ryan O'Rourke's, of the Jack Pertz, of the Kalen Addisons, and like kind of put them into in, into one person, and then maybe shed off a little bit of that high end. Like that's Carson Lambos. Like you want. You know, this is a guy I think Jared Spurgeon's going to mold into, like, the second coming of himself. Like, a guy who does everything really well, maybe nothing elite. Um, but he was a standout at the prospect camp this year. Um, torched the WHL last year. Looked great on a great Winnipeg team. And I believe he has a chance to go back and play another year there and probably be one of the best players in that league next year. Um, and this is a guy that I think there needs to be a lot more hype for because I think he's going to surprise a lot of people when they realize how good Lambos really is. Look, I'll just say, Boys, hang on, Isha, you can go next. <laughs> I have to lead with this moment of silence. You can all just think it. No one needs to say it. But I want everyone to think about how they would love to apologize to Phil Kessel for rejecting the trade to Minnesota <laughs> for Zucker because we landed Kalen Addison and Carson Lambos, who to me, again, are both top three prospects in our pool right now. So let all of you just in your mind silently – apologize to the legend that is Phil, the real thrill, Kessel, and we can move forward. Whoever wants to take it from there, Isha, go. Okay, thank you for that. Well, I'll well, be well, quick because well. I know like all you guys and, and Z especially going to dive into it, but I truly think that, like, again, knock on wood, everything works out, that this guy, he could be one of, like, the faces of this franchise. I, I truly think so, Move, like, if everything pans out because he – he will do no wrong for this team. Like he's an absolute stud. It's a, it's a joy watching him. You guys can get into the technical stuff. Yeah, I mean, he was maybe on my radar. He's up there as potentially being what? Like you got Kaprizov up there as the face. Hopefully, like a Rossi. But like in that next wave, I could see him at like number two behind Kaprizov or like right there. You know, as high as Boldy too. You know. Right. Well, he's maybe the MVP of the Winnipeg team. I mean, they had a lot of good players, but. I mean, he was involved in all aspects of the game, really poised with the puck. Uh, he'll provide offense and help on the defensive side of the puck. He was just uh, really fun to track this year, you know, 47 points in 51 games. 
it's not all about offense, but I mean, he will provide you with all aspects of the game. Just a really exciting prospect to follow. Super well-rounded. Like I think that he is going back to Winnipeg um, and he'll be their number one defenseman this year. Last year he was behind Ben Zlotti and he's an overager. So he'll be out. Um, and he was on their second power play a lot of nights. Oh, actually, almost every night, or their games where he wouldn't even feature. But he's their number one go-to guy on the PK. Um, you know, like some of the stuff that he used to work on before he goes and plays in the NHL is like the smallest little details. Like sometimes defensively, he's a little bit over reliant on like his stick, which is like okay if that's like the one thing that like, <laughs> stands out most when I watch him. Like good, that's not bad. Um, but he's got a little bit of old school too. He's tough and he plays hard. Um, he's a prick in front of that too. Jesus Christ. Uh, but he skates well. Again, another kid you want to talk about, like making life easy for your forwards, like his retrievals, getting the puck up the ice. And then when he gets there, you want like dirty dancing on the blue line. The kid can walk. Like I have watched him undress some opposing like forwards just on the blue line. Like, you know, if you like, there are plenty of scouting reports, I'm sure, that you could go find where, you know, it's not like to the magnitude, so it sounds ridiculous to say, but like in the offensive zone, it's like you want to find a style comparable. It's like Makar, where he's just like highlight reel. And he had a terrible draft year because he came down with a heart condition and missed like three quarters of the season. And then did yeah, he go to like Finland back. too, like right after that, yeah. and like wasn't fully yep. healthy? And he basically plummeted from like a potential top five pick. And then Judd Brackett doing Judd Brackett things is like, oh, pick 20, whatever the fuck. Yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have talked to uh, my buddy Steve. He's like, he's like number, he stayed number four like all year long because it's like the kid, like some of the stuff that happened to him in his draft year, like it was just completely out of his control. And he comes back this year, gets hurt again with an undisclosed injury that he wouldn't even say what it was. And he was still putting up a point a game, missed some time. But then when he came back from that injury, he was elite for six months, like ridiculous. So he's going to chip in offensively but that doesn't sacrifice anything in his own defensive zone, whether it's just killing plays off the rush. You can't beat him wide. Like his gap control is like, you just can't like, it's impossible. If you do, he wins the puck back with a stick. So like everything he does translates. Um, and if he can stay healthy and like I said before, like he'll be their number one D this year on a really good team. They're going to be filthy again. Um, to so me, when like, he's got that confidence back, he's just he's he's ridiculous. Like yeah. he's so fun to watch. To me, like the ceiling, and and I don't know if he'll quite hit this, but like to me, he could be kind of like the next like Devon Taves type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like if you just I think watch him. Be and, better like, to be honest, profile. man. I don't so, think so you're giving get, him enough credit. Well, you get two seconds for him. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like right now, he still projects. Just like some of the stuff is still raw. Like mm-hmm. I think I got like just. There are a couple of games at the end of the year where I just kind of like you fall for what your eyes are seeing. Like, you know, like it's like that, like some of those flashy plays, you'll do one thing like, okay, he's right. Like, so I kind of fell into the hole. He's probably, if he's eligible to go play in the HL, which he's not, uh, I was like, he's probably ready for pro hockey. But then like you kind of step back, like, ah, there's some little parts of the game that like there's no reason to like rush him or put any kind of pressure on him to go play pro hockey, especially with how many guys are going to be there next year. But a lot of that stuff's going to be perfect for him to iron out in junior hockey. And he's going to have that look as their number one defenseman. So this is a kid that's going to play a long time in the NHL and there's no way it's not in Minnesota. Cause you're not letting that kid go. Yeah. All right. Well, in to the top three, we go. Um, I'm sure by this, by process of elimination, People have figured it out who it is. Um, the order probably won't surprise too many of you. 
um, but catapulting from the 24th overall pick to number three in our rankings uh, is the Russian right wing Danila Yurov, um, who in my mind is going to be, as fingers crossed, if Kaprizov decides to stay in Minnesota long-term past his contract extension, this is going to be his right wing for years to come. Um, everything like maybe Kaprizov doesn't do elite, um, which is very few things, throw that on Danila Yurov. Um He's more of a playmaker than a shooter. He's a guy that can play a really strong 200-foot game. Um, he got bullied out of playing in the KHL this year, basically, <laughs> for a yeah. little bit by the management there, um, but should have a legit shot to play some big minutes uh, for Magnitogorsk. Um, this year, um, stick handle in the phone booth, creates time and space, 200-foot player. Like This guy has a legit chance to be a top-line winger in the NHL. The Wild got him at 24 for basically the reason of that he is Russian um, and the political climate over there right now uh, made him fall. And Judd Brack and Bill Guerin, as they do, said, well, we're fucking taking the best player available. And they did it. And now the Wild have a, another elite prospect in their system in Danila Yurov. Does he have uh, one year left on his deal? As of right. now, yes. Which is probably, even if it's longer, is it really that big of a deal? No. I mean, don't one him. equals five in Russia. So, <laughs> yeah. <unfortunately>. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's, uh, I think it was considered by many to be like a top five or 10 pick in this draft. It's exciting. And he fell to us at 24. I was fist pumping so many times when they called his name at 24, but you know, he has great foot speed and a real relentless four check high end puck skills. He absolutely dominated the MHL uh, and you can take this with a grain of salt, but his point per game numbers in his draft minus one year and his draft year <clears throat> were better than players like Kucherov, Panarin, Kuchnevich and our beloved Kaprizov. I think Kucherov was a little bit younger when he was doing it, but yep. uh, it's still exciting to. That's pretty damn good company uh, to be have, in. Have that those names around him, surrounding his numbers. Yeah, uh, I think we mentioned this in our show, but Byron Bader, hockey prospecting, um, basically said players with this scoring profile turn into stars seventy percent of the time. Not NHL or stars, um, and the Wild got him at pick twenty four because. Yes, we did. Cause Judd. Cause Judd. Cause Judd. Uh, well, do we start building a statue for him now or later? Like, I, think <laughs> I already building, did. I already we can start building the base. You gotta win a cup. You gotta win a cup before statues, boys. I even think that Vancouver putting their fucking stupid statues up was premature too. I rip <laughs> We're on building one for Judd. Well, we'll build it and then we'll put it out when we win the cup. Yeah, perfect. Wait, wait. If they win a Calder Cup, that's warranted for Judd, right? Yeah. It depends, that counts. Depends what that. the roster looks like if they do that. I mean, that could come first. I accept it. Soda Pod guys, any thoughts here? Uh, Isha, you were the lowest. You had him all the way down at nine. Uh, I mean, it's just. What are your reservations? Is it the same thing kind of? Who's it's not Russian. Just, the, the Russian factor, not so much a skill Russian thing. factor and like, I don't know. I read a lot of the same things about like a Vasily Podkolzin, who's like, he's fine. But like when you hear things like, you know what the writers are saying about them a, a few years after development, whatever. And I know it's KHL development, so it's 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 all fucked up. But like, you'd want to see more of an impact. So like, I'm just kind of going off the last few Russian players, not in the Minnesota Wild organization, but like mm -hmm. the rest of the league. Like, you know, so take take those wild glasses off for a little bit. They've a, a lot of prospect writers have hyped them up. They've come in and still just like kind of played like any normal young pro to come in. So like, I'm thrilled we got him. 
you know, the wild got him where they did. However, I'm just like, I'm not sold until I see him in North America. Then let, let's enough. go. It's not even that. Like, I'm I'm of a similar ilk. I'm just not going to put him in the top three until I see him play a full season in the sure. KHL. Like, Pro he'll be yeah, number one probably after this year in my pool. But right now, I'm just not going to put him there over guys that I think are sure things. Whereas Russian Factor hasn't played in KHL. I mean, I don't know if you guys knew this, but he had zero points in the KHL this year. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just one of those things, too. Like, you can see... You see stars like, 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 and again, just like Vancouver, like Elias Pettersson and his line mate there, was it Jonathan Dahlin, who I think is playing with the, the Sharks now. Not anymore. Ripping up Ausfenska. One's a star in the National Hockey League. One's barely, like, a star in the AHL fringe NHL player. So just, like... I just want to see. I want to see at the at their highest level, respectively, wherever they're playing, like how they're gonna play. Thrilled though, like holy shit! You sound it. You sound <laughs> thrilled. Nine, super thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously like unbelievably high on the kid. Like, I just I struggle <laughs> to see a world where he doesn't turn into a top six winger at the National Hockey League level and like a high end playmaking winger. Uh, regardless of who he plays with. And even if he doesn't hit that, his defensive game, like his floor again, is a very high impact defensive middle six winger. Like, and he's got like some tendencies where some people ask if he can play center. I'm like, I mean, he can. I don't think he pans out as a center of the National Hockey. I don't think that happens, but not like incapable. But I just, the, the combination of how smart he is, the skill is ridiculous. Like his hands are a joke. He's got a pretty good shot, too. It's not, like, the best part of his game, but he kills you just with his creativity, whether it's off the rush or if you give him time to set up in the offensive zone, too. He's just got this toolkit that he's going to beat you. And this year was impossible. Like, it was legitimately an impossible year to evaluate his stock, which is part of it was the whole Russia thing. But a lot of it was the fact that he got zero looks at the KHL level. I think his max ice time was, like, seven minutes, like, the first ten games of the year. Other than that, he was either playing zero or less than a minute. There was one game he had 13 seconds of ice time, and he still had two shots on net, by the way. So, like, that was another thing, too. It's like, whether he's playing three or four minutes a night, he somehow would finish the night with, like, five shots on net. Like, how did you, you even get the puck? Um, but, like, to me, it, will he hit the Kucherov, like, a projection? Probably not, because Kucherov is Kucherov. Yeah, but, like, world. I would, like, a realistic projection, and, like, I really don't like comparables whatever is like a bush navish type yeah where like he's just raw power his skating is high end too he's a really good skater and again he makes himself super effective defensively too so you're not only you're looking at a kid who there's just no way he doesn't pan out at the nhl level like there's just no doubt that he's an nhl player but that upside the combination of how smart he is the hands the skills and the creativity i don't see a world where if you don't put him with like if you put him with kaprizov it doesn't matter who the center is. Again, like saying. Hartman just put up 30 with like just Kaprizov. You put him in between both like him and Yurov. Like it's a joke. It's a joke. But if you want to talk about realistic projection, you're looking at like a Bushnevich type, which you want to take that kid at 24? Yeah, yes, like please. a, like a, a point per game, two way forward with the ability to chip in wherever you need him. Hell yeah. Like a straight for a second round pick and Sammy Blay. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm curious though. Because you usually talk more about ceiling than floor, and you brought up floor with Yurov and Ugrin. Who do you think has the higher floor of the two? Yurov. 
Yeah. Yep, because I think right now he projects a lot better defensively than Ugrin. So, like, Ugrin has the tools to be a good defensive player. He doesn't really show it all the time. Yeah. But there are some habits that are really good, some habits that are really bad. Yurov is just effective. Like, mm-hmm. But, again, like, this year was so weird with him where he was way too good for the MHL. Like, at what before, like, the last 10 games, he was three points a game. Like, in his sleep. <laughs> and then you go to the KHL, they just wouldn't play him. So it was impossible to figure out you know, what he really was in his draft year, which like, again, the Russian thing is real, but a lot of the fact, a lot of the reason he fell that far is because people had no idea what to make and how bad this year of development would like, would hurt him like long-term, which like, it's a very real thing. So there's the skepticism combined with the Russian thing, but like the tools, this again, he was challenging for top five before the season started. Like him and Marashashenko were right around two, three, four, five. I know plenty of people that had him too. Like, his ceiling is again his ceiling is Kucherov, which again you're taking the kid at 24 in the first round. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, but I just don't see a world where he doesn't become a top six winger in the National Hockey League and like putting up a lot of points while being very reliable defensively too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about. We can kind of talk about these last two together um, as we um, kind of are split a little bit. Um, not surprisingly, um, Sound the Foghorn, our number one prospect across the board, as it has been since basically we did our draft preview show and then I freaked out live on the Soda Pod. It is Marco Rossi who is expected to be a full time NHLer. Um, does come in as a consensus number one um, by his average rank, with ones across the board from us, twos across the board from the Soda Pod, and then Jesper Wellstedt um, comes in as number two prospect with twos across the board from us at Sound the Foghorn, Isha at three, Hoppy at five, and then Z has Wallstead as his number one uh, prospect. So we can start with Wallstead, just continue to go in order. We can kind of talk about these guys together, maybe why you put one over the other. Um, Wallstead, though, you know, outside of just the Minnesota Wild sphere, like talk to any scout and they will tell you they're pretty confident in saying that he is the best goalie prospect outside the NHL that is over the likes of uh, Askarov, Devin Levi, Sebastian Kosa, name whoever you want. Most of those scouts will tell you Jesper Wallstedt is the next big thing to enter the NHL um, and will hopefully solidify a position that's really been in flux for the Minnesota Wild ever since they lost Nicholas Backstrom. Well, I think it's important to uh, first thank Ken Holland for uh, allowing Judd Brackett to scoop him up at 20th <laughs> overall. I'm sure Luca Munzenberger will be great. Holland, Chirelli, like, I don't really know where why, to lean here. Why would you? Why would you take the best prospecting or the best goalie prospect on the planet for an, in the first round when you have nothing? To solve an organizational that goes need to that UVM. you've had for eternity. Dude, they had <laughs> Mike Smith. For a middle six you... winger at the University of Vermont. You know, when you could add that guy, <laughs> he's German, so he'll be friends with Leon Dreisaitl eventually, that's, maybe. That's the reason. Unbelievable. Anyway, sorry, I'll let someone else go first. Well, that was wild. <laughs> Agreed. And I'll, I'll just uh, admit that my ranking of five is purely because goalies are voodoo. Like, yep. I don't believe I it until I see it, it in the NHL. Yep. I've seen incredible AHL goalies. I've seen shit AHL goalies become good NHL goalies. Like, he you seem to take tools, 10 years and... longer than you expect. <clears throat> Jacob well, Markstrom. Dude, but, but <clears throat> Darcy for Kemper. real, like I like goalies take longer to develop typically. And yep. I like he has all the tools. If I have to pick any non NHL goalie, kind of like Brett said, I'm picking Wallstead, but I don't believe it until it comes to fruition. And that's why I had him sitting at five because I had Rossi and three lock defensemen. 
ahead of him that I just know are going to be NHLers. 1.98 goals against. He's sick, though. Like, I, like, I love Wallstead. And, I mean, that name. Are you a, fucking kidding a me? A goaltender who the by first syllable of that... his name is Wall. Like, oh, man. It's like a marketing dream. I'm going to have oh, fun yeah. agent's Don't just, worry. like, Don't salivating. <laughs> his agent's just <laughs> waiting until he makes the National Hockey League. He's like, oh, boy, we're going to make some fucking money. Yes, we're breaking By the way, that 1.89 <laughs> goals against average was the top goals against average in the SHL last year. How I are just... you? And for it's whatever reason, they say fuck you in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I love how fun no. his whole name is to say too. It's Jesper Volstedt. Yeah, it's like, like just on. the most Scandinavian. Yeah. Sexy as fuck, man. Oh man, I can't wait for him. <laughs> I, I might, I might have to get the highlighter yellow uh, Swedish jersey of that. Oh, to throw up with Rossi. That's a good jersey. Yeah, that is a good one. I, I don't know. Need I'm I need to get both Sedins before I get anybody else from Sweden. But yes, you should get that. <laughs> All right, Z, we'll, we'll go over to you. You have him as your number or Naslin, one. Or sorry. You know, we're talking the best prospect pool in the NHL by, by, by some accounts, and you have him as your 101 in that pool. Um, make your case or why you have Wallstedt over Rossi, and then we can transition from there into talking about Marco Rossi before we wrap the show up. Yeah, so um, all year, like before Boldy went into the NHL, I said it the whole time, you could – put either one of those three as your number one prospect. I'm like, yep, I agree. They're all like, the same it's not tier. like a, right. It's not like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, he's over Rossi for sure. It's just <laughs> kind of like, it depends on the day. I could probably put Rossi first. Um, the only reason I did was just given, you know, what Rossi's been through the last couple of years, given the fact that he's an undersized center, given the fact that he's went from OHL and now you're asking to play pro hockey, which I mean, he excelled in until he kind of ran out of gas towards the end of the year. Um, you're talking about a kid who has now played two years of pro hockey in Sweden against ex-NHL guys, guys that could be in the NHL but choose to stay in Sweden, um, and excelling. Like, as a 17-year-old, you had like a 9-10 save percentage in the SHL on a team that's kind of hard to watch at times and, like, defensively a mess. Then this season he comes in. And he's a top five goalie again, playing professional hockey at eight years at eight. I've said eight years old, eighteen <laughs> years old. Yeah, he actually, that's how good he is. He's been doing this since he was eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like every category, top five, and like getting shelled. There were a lot of nights where they were getting outshot by thirty, and they would win four to one. And it was just like, well, Wallstead is doing his thing. And like, listen, I'm not going to. Pre- tend to be some goaltending expert but the one thing that i do really like about jesper wallstedt um this isn't a kid that's like kosa where he relies on his size and athletic ability he's not the biggest kid in the world in terms of in terms of goaltending prospects he's, like, he's what, not six, the most six, athletic two, i think six two yeah which is like average for that's the goal. sweet spot though man that's the but there are a lot like you know like they are play like kosa is what six five six six and he's just a freak athlete and that's how he makes a lot of his saves Jesper wallstedt his hockey iq it's like, and again, probably the reason I put him at number one is his style is very similar to a Tuka Rask, where he's not just relying on these like sprawling out big saves. Technical. Like, technical. It's just like he's just where he reads the play and he's where the shot's going. He's already there. <laughs> so just like the hockey IQ, his positioning, how well he moves around in the crease, and just the like, it's really it comes out to a lot of it's just his positioning and how smart he is. Um, and I mean, you saw it in the game against Slovakia. I think it was like a 48 save shutout of like the two, the world junior games this year. Uh-huh. And like he was getting shelled. But like 
whatever you need him to do, like he comes up big. And the only reason he didn't play in the playoffs this year was because he got hurt. And Mm -hmm. like he missed probably two months, a month or two. And he came back for their last regular season game of the year. And I think it's like a 36 safe shutout after not playing for two months. Like the kid is absurd. So Dude, that's a, like my buddy, Tony Ferrari had him number one overall, like that year too. Oh yeah. Holy like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Tony. He, he, he sure will support me on this too. Like I might be the biggest non Boston Bruin fan that supports Tuka Rask. So just oh, yeah. off of that comparison, just off that comparison, I'm moving Wallstead up to five in my rankings but again so you're talking about 18 year old kid five 22 games two five from five sub two sub two goals against and what like a 920 save percentage like that's an absolute joke like in the kids 18 playing against NHL guys yeah against like legit players and in one of the best leagues in the world so well in a high scoring league even though it's goalie I still look at him as more safe like I just can't see a world where he doesn't succeed and I don't I really like if they needed him to come play soon he's I wouldn't be shocked if he does one year in the AHL and starts challenging for NHL time the year after that. Yeah, like and even who knows? Like if, depending on what goes this year, do you have like bad injury troubles with a 38 year old goalie and Philip Gustafson? Like I wouldn't be shocked if they give him a look because he's just that good and he's just that like it's just everything he the way he plays the game, the way he is in his crease, the way he moves, how smart he is. It just I don't see a world where he doesn't become a legit number one like soon. Yeah, I I think it's more of a question, like at this point, again, hopping with the goaltending's voodoo and, you know, right. we, we saw it with Marc-Andre Fleury two years ago, Vesna winner last year, like very average. Um, obviously He's, he's a, little- a three-time Stanley Cup winner, yeah. by the way. Five-time Stanley Cup finalist, so like Marc-Andre Fleury is the best goalie. I still don't trust him at all. <laughs> yeah, but I mean like... Not in, even a in, little in, bit. And I, th- I think the question now comes down to like, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt as to whether this guy will be a starting goalie. It's just where, where does that when? ceiling go and, and when? Right. It's like um, it's like you know, like when like when Demko came in, everyone knew in college, like okay, this guy's gonna be the real deal. But like yeah. he still did two two years in the AHL, and Canucks fans and myself included, like we were okay with that. We're like, don't rush this guy. Okay, twenty five, yep. finally in the league, but that's okay because everything was done right. Came in at like forty one. Yeah, but and- this kid, <laughs> but this kid, you know, shaved two years off that development because there isn't college, and just throw him in the AHL for one year fee. Looks amazing, like Z said. Get some looks, but I just don't want any sort of pressure from the organization Agreed. on this kid because I don't want that to break him at all, at all. And like, I think that's don't treat exactly him like Carter what, Hart at all. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what a two-year extension to Flurry and then having Gustafson on a one you know, one year left. It gives you the option, right? Like if you need him to back up next year, you can. If you need to extend Gustafson or find another backup next year, they're going to have that opportunity, um, which I think is great. So. Let's talk last about Marco Rossi. Can I do one? Can I say one quick thing? Yeah, before go, we go on. Go for it. By the way, this is a Jesper Wallstead kid. You look at the Minnesota Wild defense core, short term and long term. Oh, not oh. a bad defense to play behind oh, as an point. elite goalie, the most, the, the highest end goaltending prospect on the planet outside good of the point. NHL. So, like, not a bad group to play nope. behind. Nope, not at all. Uh, so, let's talk, talk last year. Marco Rossi, I think our podcasts have talked to the ends of the earth about our little Austrian king. Um, we know what he went through with COVID. Um, probably one of the most supportive parents uh, in the history of existence and his father. Um, I mean, a kid you just want to root for. Work ethic through the roof. Um, on ice, he's a center. He wins draws. He can play 200 feet. He can play in the power play. He can play in the penalty kill. If this kid was like 6'2", he would have gone probably like first or second overall in his draft year. 
A um, little bit smaller, but I think you look at the guys that are effective on this team right now, Jared Spurgeon, Kirk Kaprizov, and the, you know, in the past, Zach Parisi, like they're not guys that were big. You don't have to be big to be a great player. Um, and I think we all have pretty high confidence in Marco Rossi, who seemingly is going to be starting the year on the third line with Matt Boldy and whoever the fuck it ends up being, whether it's Freddie Goudreau, whether it's some other third line forward, whether it's maybe it's fucking Adam Beckman. I don't know. Um, but he'll start there. If by the end of the year he moves up in the lineup, plays with a Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, God willing, that would do things to me. Um, but he's going to get his chance, and we're going to finally see what we have in in a, at a player that the Wild, if you remember my freak on the soda pod, where couldn't have oh, been I'll more luckier, or happier um, to get a number nine in that draft year. But there's very little to dislike about Marco Rossi. Dude, I I've never it. been more convinced that a player was not coming to our team. Yeah. And then, like, within seconds, flipped it to pure excitement. I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And just because you led with our Austrian prince, I have to say, uh, intro to Dumb and Dumber. Anyone that's never seen the movie, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Everyone else, enjoy. <laughs> By the way, like, I. His, you, you said his father is like unbelievable human and also for better Beauty. or for worse, a fucking stellar quote machine. Like, holy Beauty, shit. By yeah. the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys yeah. saw the last slip up, but it was unbelievable. We had a fun run with it on the soda pods. Anyways, um, his quads make up for the fucking size, you know, his height anyways. <laughs> He's number and three like, in the quad rankings. He has yeah, to be. I know, like right behind St. Louis and well, who's, who else? Sid. Oh yeah, yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> Jesus. How Christ. could you forget? Uh, but no, I, I absolutely love this guy. And you look at what he did in the AHL with some like developmental hiccups, with some things that he still like worked out and was working out, and he's still a second in scoring on the team. Had a cup of coffee with the Wild, and coming off a year off due to you know fucking sickness, not injury. Like can't even work out nothing. Like this guy is an absolute beauty and. In my opinion, no doubt it translates to the National Hockey League, whether it's, you know, superstardom, Kaprizov level, or even just, you know, an elite, solid top center in the National Hockey League. Like, I think it's it, it's a sure thing for either of those. And, yeah, I'm the fan base has his back regardless, so I'm pumped. Yeah. And yeah, I think – like, No, sorry. Zeke, I felt like this year in development cap, he looked even faster than last year. Like, he was doing – I mean, he does the drills high-end anyways, but I felt like he did them even more high-end this year, just quicker – smoother uh like you mentioned his year last year even with the kind of losing steam at the end he still broke the rookie uh franchise record for points in a season so uh, at least previously held by like a 24 year old yeah (laughs) to put that justin 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 (laughs) clues no way that's yeah i I mean there's not a lot to be not excited about for him It's, it's yeah well, I mean, I think we, uh, you know, Byron Bader, who's, I think he's long been high. His model has been on Rossi because, I mean, you, you know, obviously you don't put up 120 points in a season in any league in your draft year. And, you know, generally those guys become really great players. And, I, you know, it's obviously, like you said, it, uh, it's kind of hard to obviously say. I mean, so he points, you know, he's going to score. Is he going to just, you know, obviously he's maybe not going to score a ton of goals necessarily by that way, but same time he like like Brett said off the top he seems to be basically everything you want in, in like a top six or top line type of center with you know with the offense the skating the ability to win face offs especially on this team which is needed uh and just the you know the obviously the two-way game and responsibility that he has so yeah no I mean I think we were I mean like you said Brett, we were all uh that was all pumped because I remember especially that draft night when Buffalo was picking they said 
from the Auto 67s, and it was like, oh, my heart dropped. Jack Quinn. I said Jack Quinn, and then all of a sudden, my heart was in my throat and in my head, and I said, Billy Garen, if you do this, I will kiss the ground you walk on. And he did. Um, that's that's how I was about to start. I was like, "Do you remember that fucking draft day when they were like from the Ottawa 67s? I was like, I was like Fuck, no. there's no way. I was like, there's no way they take Quinn over Rossi. Uh, like Jack. <laughs> oh my fuck! I lost my fucking marbles. Um, the fact he was there, no, a joke. Um, this kid, the when I was getting regular tweets when he started to quote run out of steam, and like I mean, I said that like earlier. But he ran out of steam. He got last year after missing a year of hockey in which he comes back. He's never played players that are older than 20 years old. He gets a concussion. He breaks his nose and whatever the fuck other injuries he got. He like did something to his knee too. And he was still almost a point per game by the end of the year after Crazy. a year of not playing hockey. I'm like, do you know how goddamn hard that is to do as a 19, 20 year old kid in the AHL? In the AHL? Like in the five fucking... nine in a league that there are motherfuckers running around. There's Cody McLeod literally in that just it's the jungle. Well, it's the well, fucking they, jungle. You have McLeod and Baddock fighting people on off on like the rush and they're like, all right, we're gonna take out Marco Rossi now. And he's like, no, you're not. Uh, he had a cage because he broke his nose and he was still starting scrubs in front of the oh, yeah. <laughs> He's fearless. Boy. But so. this kid, man, like, it is so hard to be a 5'9 player that universally is accepted as this a no-shit top six center on the National Hockey League level. Unbelievably creative. Ridiculous hands. And, like, this was the first year I saw his shot on full display. Some of those fucking one-timers on that power play at the beginning of the year were insane and he just doesn't choose to use it that often because he just loves to facilitate and he loves having the puck on a stick and just dishing but when he does choose to use it it's i mean it's going in or it's going off the crossbar or you have to make a ridiculous save but not only that he projects as like a super high-end defensive center as well like he does not trade offense for defense like he's effective everywhere on the ice he loves and like again the fact that he just lives with the puck on his stick and the ability just to draw guys in create soft areas of ice for other teammates and like just feed them in the slot like he probably could have had 15 20 more assists if like half of his passes weren't going like joseph cramarosa like it it just like wasn't gonna go in yeah i love cramarosa even though he got like 12 fucking misconducts for abusive official um but like he's a savage. Again, like the pure like just what he did this year after everything he's been through and missing a year of hockey. Like we talk about OHL kids missing a year of hockey and like putting up disappointing points. That kid just did that and then was almost a point per game playing pros for the first time yeah. in his life. And you just know the kid off the ice. You know how he is. You know the family he comes from. And it's like there's just no way it doesn't translate. By the way, first shift in the NHL, he draws a penalty. Just there, it was right in front of my face. It was incredible. Uh, I sat in the rich people seats so I could be closer to the ice. Um, <laughs> humble brag. Um, but like everything this kid does is just super translatable. Yep. Absolutely. And there's just, again, he's a five five kid that's a no shit top six center at the NHL level who's going to put up points, who's going to defend well. Like he just does everything incredibly. And it's, I can't get over the fact that he did this after a year of no hockey. And like, a life-threatening disease like a, a legitimately 
terrifying thing that almost killed him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go play pro hockey now. <laughs> and he's like top five player of the team. Puts up, I think he was top five for rookie point per game. And again, he runs out of steam at the end of the year with a broken nose, a concussion, and a fucked up knee. So like, yeah. the kid's absurd. He's going to make the team out of camp. I don't see a world where he doesn't. And I hope they let him play with Boldy because him and Boldy together last year, like the few games they played together, it was an absolute joke. Like those two, literally, I don't think they had to step foot in the defensive zone. Like they were just toying with everybody. So I can't wait for this kid to finally just be there full time in Minnesota because he's going to be a star and there's no world where he's not a star at the NHL level. And uh, I mean, I love, I I just fucking love that kid. And his dad's hilarious too. I, wa- I walked by him a bunch of times and said hi at his uh, at the debut game in Boston. He was shit faced by him. Oh yes, he was, yeah. He was one of he was us. Ab- one of he was us. an absolute <laughs> gun. I was like, this guy rocks. See, I got to clarify the tickets I offered you before we jumped on this oh. for Kevin Fiala's return, second game of the season on a Saturday. Those will be rich person seats. So, oh jeez, all right. I didn't fit in. I felt <laughs> well, we oh, probably dude, talked I the listeners' ears fit in off when here. I went either. That was a mess, man. I don't even remember Ryan Hartman giving the bird, oh, but apparently he did dude, that night. Yeah, that that was the bird night, and Isha remembers like the first period, maybe period and a half. I have this footage. I'm gonna be posting buckled. it soon in my vlog. We, we met up with uh, we met up they with Jesse Pierce. Between, we, we they met should up make with that a waggle hat. We met up with Jesse. Waggle hat. Get the outline of Hartman going like that. Put that on a waggle hat. <laughs> that that would be a good waggle hat. We met up with Jesse Pierce in between periods, and Isha has like no recollection. No, I have yeah, a little. You're bit. not like ending that... this podcast, Brett. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Brett. No, a little bit, but yeah, I went downhill. Hoppy's wife said uh, she watched us on the security cams come in, and oh. I took a tumble down yeah, the stairs. My rain camera was destroyed. <laughs> oh, all right yeah. well on good that times, note times. um that'll do it for our <laughs> top 20 prospects in the wild pool good thing um, we didn't do 25 oh, hey, good brett, thing. No, no, brett i gotta clarify <laughs> should always be i don't care how long the list is the last spot should always be reserved for hovenov because if the ah. dude just figures it out and stops being a lazy, fat sack of shit, he could be a great hockey player. Have yeah. another drink, Hoppy. Um, until think... he's out of the program. And that was probably going to open a can of worms that we would have spent way too much time talking about. Um, but for the honorable – so to go through the list, the honorable mentions to so the players we didn't talk about um, that received at least one top 25 vote, uh, Nikita Nestorenko, Simon Johansson, Marshall Warren, Mason Shaw, Hunter Jones, Caden Bankier, Alexander Havanov, who got votes from four of the five of us, um, Nick Sweeney, Kyle Masters, Mitchell Chafee, Nate Benoit, um, and basically what Hoppy said. So I'm sure we're going to get asked about it. So if you listen to this long, hopefully you listened before this you asked the question. Whole but basically, show, this whole show is Kyle <laughs> Masters' hours. erasure, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Alexander Havanov, basically the reason he didn't crack any of our top 20 is just there's a ceiling there, but there's also a floor that hardly maybe even like eliminates almost an AHL career for him. Um, and I think for all of us, there's just too many players that just had legit NHL upside that we just couldn't get him over. Mm-hmm. As Hoppy said, though, if he can stop eating like garbage, lose some weight, become an athletic specimen, and use the tools he has at his disposal, he can be great, but the confidence is dwindling quickly. Um, and then Kyle Masters, is, as uh, Z just said. Uh, Natty Razor, um, right defenseman, awesome. lots of upside there. I just think... With all the defensemen in the in 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 the pool right now, um, it's it's a long road ahead of him. But 
um, still legit chance to, to be a contributor to. And, that, and that's the crazy part. There was 20 guys that we listed, and there's still probably five to eight more that we still think have legitimate opportunity. Um, so to recap the top 20, starting from number one, Marco Rossi, Jesper Wallstadt, Danila Yurov, Carson Lambos, Brock Faber, Kellen Addison, Murat Husnadinov, Liam Ogren, Adam Beckman, Jack Pert, Ryan O'Rourke, Hunter Haight, Damon Hunt, Pavel Novak, Sam Hentges, Ryan Healy, Regal Lorenz, Mikey Milne, Servak Petrovsky, and Vladislav Firstov. There is the list. Feel free to share. Let all of us know who we missed, who you have higher, who you have lower, who sneaks into your top 20, who falls out. Let us know. Um, but before we sign off, why don't we go through and just have everyone just say where we can find you all. And then if one of the guys, if you guys want to pitch what's coming up on the Soda Pod or on Judd's Buds, feel free to do that. Uh, Hoppy, we'll start with you. It's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> Kalen Addison is underrated in this poll. Outside of that, it was a great experience here with everybody. Um, I have no idea what's coming next on the Soda Pod because I don't know when this episode is going to drop. Sure, Talking about the forward group. Forwards. Yeah, yeah this forwards. will drop forwards. within the next hour of recording. Oh, okay, yeah, within the next hour. Possible. Okay, yeah. Next, next, three next days we'll talk about the forward groups. <laughs> Isha takes way longer, so kudos. <laughs> Isha. <laughs> um, I mean, follow the Soda Pod, follow Judd's Buds, obviously on the same feed wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, I'm going to plug my own channel, follow the City Life Project on YouTube. I've been vlogging and I'm about to drop, I think it's going to be like four vlogs worth of like my entire trip to Minnesota. And then if you check out the soda pods, YouTube channel, all the interviews from like the soda pod tour we did with uh, like a bunch of the sit downs and actual tours we did with the breweries in Duluth and, you know, in Minneapolis and St. Paul, those will be there as well. But if you want to see just drunk Isha at the fucking X, check out the city life project, YouTube channel. Perfect. And Z anything coming up on spoke Z or on uh judge bud. Sorry. <laughs> um, no clue, uh, because like you said, I also go in with no plan. I start rambling by myself, and I usually go for about an hour and a half. Best way to do it. Two um, hours and a half, actually. So that's okay. I, I recently found out that uh, the podcast that I have apparently gets people to do drugs. So that was something new that I just found out. Uh, so if you like drugs and you like hockey, it's a pretty good, pretty good hour and, and a half. Straws and straws. Rambling. Don't forget those. Yeah, possibly a straw makes one of those. And if you like that. Uh, other than that, not a whole lot going on. We almost had to start a new. We actually just got the notification because Isha just plugged his shit for half an hour. He almost had to do a fourth fucking. Two minutes. You've been going twice as long as me. But anyways, uh, thanks for having me. I'll stop now. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're not already, be sure you are following and subscribe, listening to the Soda Pod, Judd's Buds, all that good stuff. At Spoke Z, at Vi Sports Talk, at State of Hoppy for all those three guys on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll just have our normal sign off here. Justin, where can everyone find you? All your work. Find me at the East 2004. You can find me at Caprice FC with the Caprice of Countdown. And you can find me at MNW Prospects with MNW and MNW Young Guns. Thanks for listening for this three hour podcast. Uh, Just fuck the wild, by the way. You? Fuck the wild for making you change that. That's such garbage. <laughs> It wasn't the wild. It was actually Twitter's bullshit. It was Twitter. The wild. Didn't. The wild actually reached out Twitter to me. Twitter just decided on their own yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. The okay, wild well, actually. Fuck, reached... All right. Apologies. Yeah. Fuck Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Wild reached out to me and helped me get that. All right. Fuck. Fuck wild social media for other reasons. Z pigeon. Fuck them. Cool. Cool. <laughs> 
All right, Justin, Zeke. didn't uh, Caprizov follow your Twitter account? Will you let Zeke yeah. exit, dude? For inside joke. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm muting myself. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I guess you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, find me on at Zeke Boyot with his capital Z and a capital B. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at b underscore marsh ninety two. Be sure you are following the podcast account and the Instagram account at sound the foghorn, all one word. Um, but that'll do it. Our full countdown. Um, sound the foghorn. We'll be taking a little bit of a break here, a week or two, and we'll be back in a couple Can't, weeks. No shit after this episode. Holy <laughs> we're never, we're like never getting episodes, invited back. Right? Yeah, we're basically, never getting invited we, back. we gave you like two and a half episodes of the content here. So if you stayed with us through the whole thing, thank you very much. If you skipped to see who the top ten were, don't fault you there either. Um, you need to listen to it over three or four days. Also fine. Um, our next show will probably be uh, the first week in August as we'll be going through if we are given the keys to be the commissioner rule changes that we would make in the NHL. So that's what's coming next from us. Um, but until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Fuck.